a logo. ACB in print and braille. American Council of the Blind together for a bright future. 62nd Annual National Conference and Convention. General Session. Monday, July 3rd, 2023. In a large ballroom filled with rows of tables and chairs sits an audience of conference attendees. In the front, center of the room is a stage with a podium in the center and tables on both sides. A banner of the American Council of the Blind logo is on the wall behind the stage. To the left and right of the stage are two walls lined with banners bearing the names of past American Council of the Blind convention locations. A large screen standing to the right of the stage displays a video of the presenters on the stage. Deb Cook-Lewis, ACB president, stands at the podium. Welcome to Monday. Monday in convention land, that's not a bad thing, is it? No, that's a good thing. Ladies, (laughs) we have a lot to do today. So we are going to have some slight changes of agenda. Um, And and I'll kind of talk you through those as we go along uh, throughout the day, but there will be some slight changes. We are not taking an official break because of the amount of stuff we have to do. So just like Saturday night, if you need a break, by all means, take one. I'll try to tell you a little ahead of what, so what we're doing so you can time that out. But meanwhile, we're calling the convention to order, and we're ready to begin our general session. We're going to start this morning with the flag salute. We actually have the flags today. Ah, yes, and and I just want to comment as our scholarship uh, winners are getting ready here to lead us in the pledge. That's your cue, guys. Uh, I just want to comment that um, we uh, were not able to have our salute on Saturday night with the American Legion post, and these guys were all set to go and ready, but our flag was missing. Uh, But it's here today, so we are ready to go. So if our scholarship winners will lead us in the pledge... We will begin now. Uh, the flag, I'm sorry, is front right. So left for us. Left, left for audience. Is, okay, left for audience. Okay. All right. All right. I pledge to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, Liberty, justice, pro. All right, thank you so much. I thought Rec was go- or that uh, Ray was going to tell us to play ball, but he, did, he didn't. No Cubs go. <laughs> no go. All right. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Um, this morning we have some sponsorship recognition. We have our corporate sponsors, and those will be followed by our individual sponsors. Today we will be reading all of uh, the corporate sponsors and individual sponsors, and then we will not read all of the list of individual sponsors again until the end of the week. But we will go ahead with those readings now. The American Council of the Blind would like to thank our 2023 conference and convention sponsors. Their continued support is sincerely appreciated. Diamond Sponsors, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, Microsoft, Vispero, Vanda Pharmaceuticals, Comcast. Emerald Sponsors, 
Amazon, MGM Resorts, Cruise, Verizon, Janssen. Ruby Sponsors, AT&T, Google, Waymo, Uber, Netflix, National Cable and Telecom Association, NCTA, Humanware, Charter Communications, Adobe. Onyx Sponsors, Celeste, American Printing House, APH, IRA, Democracy Live Incorporated, Walmart, United Airlines. Coral Sponsors, ACB Families, ACB Lions, National Industries for the Blind. Pearl Sponsors, Library Users of America. Walk Sponsors, Macular Degeneration Foundation. The American Council of the Blind sincerely thanks our 2023 conference and convention individual sponsors for their generous support. Titanium, $500, Shane Aguilera, Deb Cook-Lewis, Alexander Densmore, Rachel Densmore, Alice Massa, Roberta McCall, Herbert Rado. Platinum, $250, Chris Bell, Betsy Doan, Charles Nabarretti, Edwin Rumsey, Marilyn Sanders, Maria Stone, Tim Stone. Gold, $100, George Abbott, Dave Adams, Andrew Arvidson, JoLynn Bailey-Page, Sean Barrett, Artis Bazin, Viola Benson, Kevin Burkery, Karen Blackowitz, Ruth Boykin, Barbara Brown, Donna Brown, Lisa Bush, Karen Campbell, Ray Campbell, Laura Lee Kastner, Jason Castingway, Brian Charlson, Kim Charlson, Beth Corley, Gail Crossan, Virginia DeBlay, Janet Dickelman, Dan Dillon, Jay Dudna, Stephen Dresser, Brian Dufelmeyer, Kathleen Duke, Mike Duke, Grady Ebert, Tom Frank, Catherine Frederick, Larry Gassman, Susan Glass, David Goldstein, Howard Goldstein, Vicki Golightly, Karen Gorgie, Deborah Grubb, Mary Heroyan, Brian Hartgen, Peter Heidi, Debbie Hill, Marilee Hill Kennedy, Cynthia Hirakawa, Donald Horn, Christine Hunsinger, Douglas Hunsinger, Linda Hunt, Richard Johnson, Paul Kelly, Jim Kennedy, Victoria Kennedy, Maria Christick, Gary Leggetts, Nanette Leggetts, Barbara Lombardi, Kathy Lyons, Jean Mann, John McCann, Glenn McCulley, Ursula McCulley, Cheryl McNeil Fisher, Sue McQuirk, Michael Moran, Shirley Myers, Rosalind Nadler, Philip O'Bregan, Crystal Platt, Donna Pomerantz, Mitchell Pomerantz, Chris Prentice, Sarah Presley, Francie Rebeloso, Sherry Richardson, Adam Rushaval, Carla Rushaval, Marilyn Sanders, Lois Scholes, Melanie Sinewy, Dan Spoon, Karen Spry, Nancy Sumner, James Swartz, Helen Taliaferro, Lucinda Talkington, Miles Tamashiro, Howard Thomas, Janice Thomas, Joseph Tingler, Lee Tucker, Ryan Villarreal, Charlene Wills, Vita Zavoli. Silver, $50, Sarah Alkman, Michael Alvarez, Albert Anderson, Renee Arrington Johnson, Colette Arvidson, Roseanne Ashby, Andrew Baracco, Mary Baracco, Don Barrett, Eugene Batke, Rick Bogus, Liz Botner, Julie Brantley, Peter Brass, Ronald Brooks, Donna Browning, Carolyn Burley, Kimberly Carmichael, Olivia Chavez, Christy Crespin, Charles Cronin, Mary Ellen Cronin, Vicki Curley, Christopher Devon, Rita Dillick, Danette Dixon, Margie Donovan, Anita Doyle, Casey Dutmer, Paul Edwards, Chris Flyzak, Patty Fletcher, Sarah Freeman-Smith, Michael Garrett, Peggy Garrett, Terry Gorman, Christopher Gray, Patricia Griggs, Billy Guevara, Nona Heroyan, Jeffrey Harris, Rochelle Hart, Lupita Hernandez, Cindy Hollis, Melody Holloway, Karen Hughes, Connie Giacomini, 
Jim Jirak, Kenneth Johnson, Eldon Kaiser, Lynn Corral, Martin Kuhn, Jeanette Kutash, Judy Lever, Rick Lewis, Kay Love, Eugene Lozano, Michael Malver, Julie McCullough, Dale McQuirk, Gary Messman, Rose Miller, Bell Mills, William Morris, Mary Morse, Cecily Nipper, Nicolette Noyes, Michael O'Brien, Frank Pacheco, Terry Pacheco, Bet Passanante Rodriguez, Jane Perry, Alan Peterson, David Plumley, Deborah Plumley, Linda Perel, Douglas Powell, Bruce Radke, Kenneth Reed, Carl Richardson, Alice Richhart, Bonnie Robertson, Stephen Robertson, Deborah Robinson, Richard Rueda, Catherine Schmidt Whitaker, Rachel Schroeder, LaDonna Seliger, Sandra Sermons, Joe Slayton, Kevin Slayton, David Smith, John Smith, Naomi Soul, Leslie Spoon, Janice Squires, John Stark, Sharon Stradalkowski, Sheila Styron, Leslie Tom, Robert Turner, Cindy Vega, Deborah Versteeg, Ricardo Villa, Frank Welty, Beverly Wyland, Donald Worth, Sheila Young, The Literacy Project. Silver, $25. Mary Abramson, Robert Acosta, Ruth Ann Acosta, David Anderson, Kathy Arnold, Jeffrey Bennett, Susan Bowmaster, Anne Brash, Christina Brino, Sandra Burgess, Anne Byington, Michael Byington, Alan Casey, Kathy Casey, Anne Chiapetta, Marla Chorney, Teresa Christian, Doreen Cornwell, Anicio Correa, Joey Couch, Natalie Couch, David Cox, Patty Cox, Edward Crespin, Pierre Curry, Teresa Curry, Joyce Dribben, Tony Ames, Suzanne Erb, Tyson Ernst, Teresa Eskew, Lynn Evans, Marsha Farrow, Joyce Feinberg, Hazel Fields, Vicki Flake, Todd Freitas, Ninetta Garner, Kathleen Gerhardt, Michael Godino, Marianne Grignon, Timothy Hairston, Mary Hayes, Debbie Hazelton, Debbie Herring, Terry Lynn Higashi, Robert Hill, Kenny Hillestad, Darlene Hilling, Linda Holiday, Marion Howell, Sue Howell, Betty Huffman, Vicki Ireland, Jean Jacobs, Katherine Johnson, Pamela Johnson, Jean Kalshur, Thomas Kaufman, Richard Keyes, Donald Coors, Geraldine Coors, Cindy Laban, Pauline LaMontagne, Kevin LaRose, Paul Lewis, Pamela Locke, Vanessa Lowry, Raymond Marcus, Danielle McIntyre, Pamela Metz, Jamaica Miller, Maureen Moscato, Marsha Moses, Marilyn Murata, Nancy Murray, Terry Nettles, Destain Noller, Deanna Noriega, Larray Olson, Kim Polk, Jeffrey Peddle, Mary Piccarello, Doug Puitz, Mickey Quenzer, Reverend Raymond Razor, Randy Reed, Carrie Regan, Lynn Roberts, Shirley Roberts, Gregory Rosenberg, Debbie Rosier, Nathan Ruggles, Kathy Rushwin, James Rutherford, Diane Scalzi, Barry Schur, Nicole Schlender, Marge Schneider, Delaney Schroeder, Christine Schumacher, Joseph Self, Kenneth Semyon Sr., Karen Schroeder, Connie Sims, Allison Smitherman, Michael Smitherman, Tammy Snyder, Ellen Sorensen, Joe Sorensen, Bill Sparks, Jennifer Sparks, Amber Steet, Kevin Stone, Monica Svopa, Ellen Telker, Terry Turlau, Jeff Tom, Lindsay Tilden, Thomas Tobin, David Trott, Rhonda Trott, Holly Turry, Patricia Tussing, Nancy Ungar, Penny Verity, Vicky Vaught, Myrna Vada, Greg Wansnyder, Mary Ward, Andre Webb, Robert White, David Wilde, Sue Wilkening, Lou Ann Williams, Gail Elaine Wilt, Judy Wolgang, Benjamin Wright, Linda Yaks, Debbie Young, Elisha Zuaro. All right. Wow. That is just amazing. 
And back in the old days, before we had all this uh, automated help, I read those one year. It's a lot of reading. <laughs> Thank you, everyone who has uh, sponsored the convention this year. It's just fabulous. And speaking of our sponsors, we're going to hear two Diamond Sponsor presentations this morning. We had a little schedule juggling that we needed to do uh, to accommodate one of our sponsors. And so we will have two sponsors this morning, and it means that we'll probably have a day where we don't actually have one. So this morning, though, our first sponsorship presentation is, um, whoops, I'm not looking at the right place. Oh, there we go. All right, is Ryan Jones, Vice Vice President of Software and Product Management from Vespero, one of our definite friends in uh, Clearwater, Florida. So I'd like to introduce to you Ryan Jones. I will move my stuff. Good morning. There's the microphone. I'm going to have to aim this up. I'm a little tall. (laughs) Yeah, I may do that. All right. Well, thank you all for uh, allowing me to be here with you today. I'm actually going to take this microphone and hold it. Uh, There we go. All right. Can everyone hear me now? All right. Excellent. Um, So thank you all for letting me be here with you. Uh, I just want to share some thoughts and and notes that I have about um, where we are as a and the landscape around technology. I'll share some personal anecdotes with you as well. But I have to sh- I have to share with this. I was able to speak with some of the scholarship winners sitting back here with me before we started. And wow, there's some great folks here and some really exciting things that these people are going to be doing. And uh, it, the the future is definitely bright. And so that's that's really exciting. But I wanted to take a few moments to share a little bit about myself. Um, I started into this role at Vispero about a year ago when Eric Damery retired uh, from running the software uh, division at Vispero or Freedom Scientific, and, and Eric is enjoying retirement and playing golf a lot and other things. And so, so now, <clears throat> excuse me, I've taken over that role. Um, a little bit of background on myself: I grew up in Florida. Is Florida here? Anybody? All right. I, I jokingly say I'm one of three people who were actually born in the state of Florida. Uh, my sister's number two, and there's probably someone in here born. Most people moved to Florida at some point, but uh, grew up there in the northwest part of the state. I did my undergrad degree at Auburn University in Alabama and um, studied computer science and information management. I've lived in a few places over the years, uh, Central Florida, Washington, D.C., but for almost 10 years now, I've been in Kentucky. Is Kentucky here? A little bit? All right, there they are. All right. So I, I live in Lexington and uh, with my wife, and we've been there for almost 10 years, and that's probably where we'll stay. That's where most of the family's at now in that area. Um, my journey from a professional standpoint has uh, started in about 2005 when I went to work for Freedom Scientific and doing JAWS training and uh, training on low vision, blindness products, and many of you, if you've participated in training over the years, you've probably heard my voice on webinars or other training recordings. I worked with Dan Clark for a number of years uh, building out that training team. And then I also worked in our consulting division for a while working on web accessibility consulting and also uh, smartphone app testing and accessibility consulting, and then most recently kiosk accessibility, since kiosk is really kind of the wild west of accessibility still. And so 
It's, a, it's been a fun journey working in, in some new spaces around how do we make things accessible that are inherently challenging uh, because they're all designed around visual adaptations. From a personal standpoint, uh, I grew up low vision, uh, as, as, as many of you probably have. I started out using uh, large print books. I used books on tape. I used the old uh, video magnifiers with the really hot lights that would burn the back of your hand after a few hours. So I, that was my excuse. Mom, I can't finish my homework. My hands are singed. Uh, it, it, it only worked like once, and then she realized I was just messing around. But I, I made the transition uh, when I got into my early 20s. My vision deteriorated from low vision to where it is now, which is really good light perception. So I made that transition of using programs like ZoomText to then using JAWS and full screen reading. And that's where I've been at for uh, since about 1999 is using JAWS. And, and I still have a little bit of light perception, and that's about it. Um, so when I, when I was trying to think of what to, to talk about this morning, and I noticed the title or the, the theme of the convention is Winds of Change. And the first thing that happened is the old Scorpion song, Winds of Change, popped into my head. And if any of you know that song, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, you can Google it. <laughs> but, so that song's been in my head for about three days, by the way. <laughs> and, um, but but it, it made me realize, you know, that's, that's kind of where we are in, in a technology landscape right now. We're at a, a fairly pivotal, 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 excuse me, pivotal moment in time. Um, it's too early to talk straight, just by the way. <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee. Um, so, so we're at a, a moment in time where things are, are changing around us, and we don't actually know how much they're going to change or how they're going to change. And it kind of reminded me, uh, because I grew up in Florida, in the Panhandle, that area of Florida is often referred to as Hurricane Alley. So we have Tornado Alley, for those of you in Texas, Kansas, Oklahoma, Central Illinois sometimes, yeah. So <clears throat> we have Hurricane Alley in the Panhandle of Florida. So I went through many hurricanes. I was always a weather nerd. I like to look at weather stuff just for fun. I like to read the really geeky tropical outlooks because I always wanted to see what was happening, what was coming. I was also the guy, and by the way, do not do anything that I said that I'm going to say that I did. Just a disclaimer. Don't actually do any of this. But I was the guy who liked to be outside in the crazy weather, like when the wind was blowing really hard. And now I was smart enough not to stand beside a tree or power lines or other things, or I probably wouldn't be here. But I would find a protected place, you know, inside the garage or whatever. But I love to feel the wind. I love to experience the weather in person. And one thing about wind, you, you can never see wind. You can only see its effects, right? We can't actually see moving air. We can just see what that moving air is doing, whether it's blowing a tree or blowing snow <clears throat> or rain, whatever it is, we can't actually see the wind. And we can, we can hear it coming, can't we? And especially in tropical weather, you could hear the trees down the street you could hear this roar of the, the trees as they as the wind <clears throat> excuse me as the wind was coming towards you. You could hear it coming, and then you would know there's a big gust of wind heading towards you because you could hear it coming down the street. And so I would always listen listen for that those telltale sounds of the coming wind, and then I would step outside and then feel that big gust of wind. And sometimes you'd lean over and try to let it hold you up. Again, please don't actually do this, um, but. 
it, it was it was something that you could predict, and, and you could see, you could hear the signs of it, uh, and those who could see would see the signs of it coming. And so I think that relates to where we are from a technology standpoint, especially as, as we've heard so much about AI and what is AI going to do for us and how do we leverage it and what does it mean for us. And the bottom line is we can hear the wind in the trees right now. We don't know how strong these gusts are going to be. We don't know exactly what is going to happen with AI and how it exactly is going to affect us, especially from an assistive technology standpoint. Um, I think it's important as a company, what we're doing at Vespero and, and what my role is, is in, in leading our software team is looking at what problems do we need to solve for people, right? If we're creating things in our software and it's not solving problems for someone, then we're doing the wrong thing. And there's a lot of problems that AI can solve, but there's also a lot of ways that other companies are solving those problems as well. So if we think about the browsers that we use, maybe Google Chrome or Microsoft Edge or other browsers, they're also working on how to leverage AI to solve problems for people. So the goal for us as a company is finding out where do we fit in with all this and how do we find those unique things that no one else is doing that we can do really well that actually solve problems for people. So, you know, examples are maybe image recognition. Well, that, that's a clear thing. For those of you, us who uh, use screen reading technology, images are one of the biggest barriers we all face, right? And not knowing what's in those images or even just kind of that, that lack of information, even if there's a text description, it's usually very brief and, and it is so for a good reason. But the abilities of artificial intelligence to describe images is something that I think will definitely change. But the question is, well, you know, why don't we just put that into JAWS? Well, sure, we probably, we, I know that we could. Um, but we also know that those things are coming into web browsers, for example. So finding that match, of we, we have a limited number of resources and a limited number of, uh, a limited amount of time that we have to work with. Those are our precious commodities, time and people. Right? And so, so directing that energy in the right way is something that's important. And, and that's where I think we all can get really excited around AI, but we have to also sometimes take a step back and say, what problems can I solve with this? And how do I go about doing it in the most efficient way? In, in a way for all of us as users of these products that will be beneficial to us. And so I want to share a couple of things with you. I, yesterday I, I spoke to a group um, about what's been going on with the software products. And I'm not going to rehash all of that, but I, I wanted to just touch on two things that are coming up uh, throughout the rest of this year that I think are really valuable for us to, to think about. Again, I always think of problem first. What's a problem that we face? How can we solve it in software? So I'll share with you one example that's coming up. How many of you, by clap of hands, use video calls on Teams, Zoom, other things? I would clap myself, I'd drop the microphone though, but I'm on Teams calls all the time, right? A, a problem that I face, and I, I believe many of you do as well, is how do I know if the camera, if I'm in the camera view? How do I know if the camera is set up right? How do I know if there's uh, something in the background, uh, an animal or a, a you know, dirty clothes basket or something that I don't necessarily want the other people to see in, in my, my camera shot? Um, and sometimes, how do I make sure to remember to turn off my privacy lens on the camera? Sometimes I've been on calls and they'll say, 
they see my virtual background and they're like, is Ryan here? And I said, yeah, I'm here. And they say, oh, I, all I see is your virtual background. And then I realize, oh yeah, my camera privacy shutter was on, so I need to open it. Um, so this is a real problem that in, that's really been exposed in the last three years since COVID, where many of us have been on these video calls, and, and that will only grow more and more over time. So, so that's a problem. So we can, we can actually solve that in JAWS. We can, do, we can actually use AI technology and, and uh, AI models to recognize if you're in the view and if you're centered in the view and if the camera is angled the right way and if you're looking at the camera. And we can even tell you things about the background that you're in. We may not be able to tell you if the laundry behind you is dirty or clean, but we can tell you that there's something there, right? And so then you can figure out, well, is that okay or not okay? So that's a problem we're actually going to solve later this year in JAWS, is we're going to have the ability to tell you some of that information when you're on a call. I know it's something I'm really excited about, and I think the, the feedback I'm getting from, from others is, is that it will really be beneficial, because at the end of the day, we don't want to stand out, right? I mean, if you're blind or low vision, and especially if you're on a call with other people who are not, and, and it's normal to be on camera, you want to look just like everyone else. Many people that I'm on calls with, they don't even know that I'm blind. They don't need to know. It doesn't actually matter. So I don't want to do things that point it out because it's irrelevant to my conversation with them. So uh, another thing I'll share is around Braille technology. How many folks use refreshable Braille? Excellent. So one of the challenges that we face both from refreshable Braille and from, from just text-to-speech is we're limited to generally interacting and looking with, at one thing on the screen at a time, right? So if I'm reading a document in Braille in Word, but I want to go over and check something in my web browser, or I want to, maybe I'm writing an email, but I'm using a Word document with notes in it to, to write down on an email, or I'm presenting a PowerPoint presentation and I have some notes over in another document, wouldn't it be really nice if I could actually look at two things at once on a Braille display? So we're actually going to be able to take a single line Braille display and split it into two halves, a left half and a right half. And you can have different information on one side as you would have on the other side. So an example might be I could have a Word document on one half of the Braille display and I'm working, reading through or typing an email on the other half of the Braille display or a web page on one half that's buffered and some text of a document on the other half. Or imagine, for those of you who may teach Braille, or some who are even learning Braille still, imagine having on one half of the display you have uh, grade two translated text, and on the other side, uncontracted Braille. So you can now see them both together and read with two hands even, or one hand and read the contracted on one side and the uncontracted on the other. That's also coming this coming year in, in our software products. So again, what are the problems and how can we solve them? That's where, that's where my focus is. That's where I think we all have to be from a uh, technology standpoint. And really, that's where the winds of change are going to take us. And, and, and those gusts are going to happen. Sometimes they're going to be big gusts. Sometimes they're going to be small gusts. The truth is we don't know how strong all of those gusts will be. We know they're going to happen. We're going to ride those gusts of wind, and, um, and we're going to ride this together, and we're going to solve problems. And I need to hear from all of us. I need to hear from all of you. We need feedback about what we're doing in software. What problems do you face that you need solved? So the last thing I'll mention as I close is one easy way 
to tell us that feedback is to email us. And we set up a, a special mailbox. I mean, email's old school, right? But that's, that's sometimes just the easiest thing. So if you email software suggestions, software suggestions, that's all one word, at vispero.com, V-I-S-P-E-R-O.com, that mailbox we look at to see what people are suggesting, what, what things, what problems do you need solved? And what problems can we help you solve? And, and that helps us know where to spend our valuable and precious time and resources as we go forward to make products and, uh, that, that work for all of us and make sure that we're going the right way as these winds blow and, and this technology changes in front of us over these next few years. I think it's pivotal. I think we'll have a great time together, and I think we'll solve a lot of problems. We appreciate you, all of you, being with us in, in the journey. I know many of you have been working with our software for decades, and, and we're thankful for that. And uh, I'll be around the rest of today and uh, look forward to hopefully meeting more of you. But thank you for your time this morning, and um, may the winds of change blow on. Thank you so much, Ryan. That was great. I'm looking forward to that new feature, or feature rather, about the cameras, because one of my funny stories on that one is that uh, right near the beginning of the pandemic, I bought a new laptop. I didn't know it had a rear camera. I didn't know the rear camera was going to be the default on anything. And I went to a very, very major presentation where I was it, and they were looking at my stationary bicycle. <laughs> And the talking bicycle was giving them quite a reasonable presentation, but there was no sign of me, and I couldn't fix it. <laughs> so it happens to all of us. You know, you, you never get too techy to have, to have strange things happen with tech. All right. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. And uh, Vispero is a wonderful partner for ACB, and we're glad to have them with us. We have another Diamond sponsorship this morning. And this is going to be our non-24 presentation from uh, Vanda Pharmaceuticals and Jennifer Lyman. And uh, I, I do not have non-24. I am the most non-24 person on the planet. I sleep eight hours. In fact, it just could happen any time. <laughs> Take eight hours if I haven't had them. Um, but I, I appreciate how many people struggle with this and what a great contribution Vanda is making to solving the problem. So at this time, I'd like to present Jennifer Lyman. Good morning. I am not Jennifer Lyman. <laughs> I'm Vicki Preddy, and I'm here with Jennifer. <laughs> so, hello, so, hello, everyone. everyone. Thank you all for inviting us to participate this year in your convention. We're always... Always happy to be here, especially live and in person, um, to celebrate the support and the valuable work that you do uh, for the visually impaired. A big thank you goes out to Janet and Michael and all those people behind the scenes 
who provided so much assistance in getting this convention pulled together. So how about a round of applause for them? It's a lot of work. Again, my name is Vicki, and this is Jennifer. We're registered nurses with um, Vanda Pharmaceuticals, and we are joined by our manager, Francis, somewhere in this audience. <laughs> our role as uh, nurse educators with Vanda is to provide education and raise awareness of a condition called non-24-hour sleep-wake disorder. And the short name for that is non-24. It's the word non, N-O-N, and the number 24. So many of you have heard us speak at affiliate and support group meetings, uh, but we also speak uh, to groups at schools for the blind, rehab facilities, manufacturing facilities, and state agencies that support the blind and the visually impaired. Hi, I'm Jennifer. Um, I just wanted to take a minute, too, um, since Vicki mentioned that, that there are four nurse educators at Vanda, and we all cover, I'm sure many of you know, different territories. So I cover the Chicago area, the Midwest, and part of the, the Pacific Northwest. Vicki is in Florida and covers the Southeast. We have Shauna, um, whom many of you know. <laughs> And she covers the South and the West. And then we have Maggie Felton. I'm sure many of you have met her as well. And she covers the East. So we all have our, our territories that we work. We overlap a little bit. Um, but getting back to non-24, research indicates that 7 out of 10 people who are totally blind have non-24. And people with low vision can develop non-24 as well. I'm sure most of you know how important sleep is to our overall health and well-being. And non-24 can cause sleep struggles. And those sleep struggles can lead to exhaustion, irritability, <clears throat> pardon me, and even depression. <clears throat> so a person with non-24 may experience sleep struggles with symptoms that include difficulty falling asleep at night, difficulty staying asleep, and excessive daytime sleepiness during the day. Those are the most common symptoms, but you do not need to have all of those symptoms to have non-24. The symptoms tend to start close to the time when a person loses their vision, but not always, um, and they might develop or worsen as vision loss progresses. Additionally, the symptoms may appear in cycles, um, so there may be periods of good sleep followed by periods of uh, poor sleep, and that cycling is a characteristic of non-24. So as you might imagine, sleep disturbances can leave a person feeling uh, unrested, irritable, exhausted, and unmotivated. They can affect someone personally, professionally, and academically. So as nurse educators, we can teach you more about non-24, we can help you advocate for yourself and connect you with the no-cost resources provided by Vanda. So please visit us at our exhibit booth. We're at 9 and 10, and you can learn more about non-24. You can privately discuss your own situation with either myself or Jennifer or Francis, or you can even schedule an outreach program in one of the areas that Jennifer mentioned. And Vicki, I just want to... 
Vicki, I just wanted to mention that Vanda is now known for giving away delicious ice cream. Apparently, <laughs> apparently we're famous for that. <laughs> well, I guess I don't have to ask you. You know we're giving away ice cream, right? <laughs> so come and see us at uh, booth 9 and 10. Um, it's so awesome to have had the opportunity to reconnect with you. Uh, we've had many people stop by our tables, obviously. So um, come see us again today and uh, learn more about Non24. We thank you, and we hope you have a wonderful and successful convention and a great time in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, thank you all. And it's thank sunny you. out today. It's not raining. <laughs> yeah, there's no rain in the forecast today. <laughs> exercise jumping up and down here. Let's see. Let me turn it down for you. I got it. It's okay. I know how to do this. Yeah. Whoops. I'm just always worried it's going to fall out. You know, let me see if I can just... Yeah, yeah that's yeah. better. That That's a lot better. Thank you. <laughs> we... Uh, do you want this on the left or right? Uh, I, there we go. Let's move that there. I'm only going to be here a little tiny bit. All right. So um, thank you so much for uh, the presentation with Vanda. And one thing I just absolutely love about Vanda is that they are so great about coming to our local affiliates and whatever alls and being there and being part of the organization as a regular contributor and exhibitor and resource. And I, you just can't ask for more. I mean, it's just absolutely wonderful. <clears throat> so thank you so much for that. All right, now, I'm, I've got a couple of announcements, and so um, we are going to have our roll call um, related to the um, amendment that we were voting on yesterday. I want to avoid confusion. If you are the delegate or alternate who will be reporting on the roll call and you are here, stay here! <laughs> Don't leave! <laughs> this is your delegate room. However, if you are at home or in the park or, you know, I don't know, where at work, sneaking in the convention, Starbucks, somewhere other than in here, you need to go quickly to the, um, to the uh, delegate Zoom room. So if you need Zoom to be able to be heard by us, you need to go to the delegate Zoom room. If you're in here, just stay put. And, and know where your nearest microphone is. Remember, it may be behind you and all that good airline stuff. Now, also before we do the affiliate roll call and while everybody's getting into position, I have a neat announcement to make. We have yet another life member presentation. Someone has contributed a life member for our interim executive director, Dan Spoon. So, Dan, if you'd like to say a word or two. There's a mic there near you. There's a mic there near you, or you can come up here if you want to say it. All right, come up here. Yeah. Behind me. Whoops, there you go. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hip, hip. Hooray! 
Well, thank you. Thank you, Anonymous, whoever you are. Hopefully you're listening here this morning. And I'm just going to assume it's from all of you. And thank you so much, American Council of the Blind. It's so honored, so honored to be a member of this organization. Thank you. All right, so now I think we are ready to do the roll call, and I'm going to turn the meeting over to Denise Colley. Following the roll call, we will be uh, having our scholarship presentations, and you don't want to miss that. So uh, just to give you a heads up about what will be next. Good morning, ACB. is putting extra dots where I don't want them. (laughs) All right, so this morning we are um, doing the roll call on the amendment that I'm sure you all were really good about voting yesterday and letting your affiliates know how you wanted to vote. So once again, um, I will be calling just a few of you at a time, but please be prepared to either get to a microphone or get your... um, device unmuted so that you can give your um, response. So we will begin with Alabama through Connecticut. So Alabama through Connecticut, you can get to a mic. We're here, I'm here. All right. Alabama, three votes. Good morning, ACB. Alabama, two, four, and one against. Two, four, one against. Arizona, two votes. Good morning. 1.54 and 0.5 against. 1.54.5 against. This is hard putting in these numbers. Arkansas, two votes. Good morning, ACB. Arkansas has two votes, four. Two, four. California, 20 votes. California votes, six votes for and 14 votes against. Six for, 14 against. And if uh, our next group could start making their way up, Delaware through Hawaii. Connecticut, one vote. against. District of Columbia, five votes. Two votes against, three votes for. Three, four, two against.
Florida, 10 votes. Did you say 10? Did I, did I forget Delaware? <clears throat> yes. I'm so sorry. I believe so. I'm, I'm, I'm having issues this morning. Okay, hold on. Delaware, one vote. Delaware, one, four. One, four. Yeah, I did say 10. Is that wrong? Yes. Yeah, you should have more than that. What's her 19. 19. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Sheila. 19 votes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, Florida votes 17-4, 2 against. 17-4, 2 against. Yes, ma'am. Georgia, five votes. Georgia? <clears throat> One, four, four against. One, four, four against. Hawaii, three votes. Three, four. Three, four. Okay, if... Um, yeah, Illinois through... Uh, Illinois through Kentucky could be making their way. Illinois, three votes. Illinois Council of the Blind, one, four, two against. One, four, two against. Indiana, four votes. 3.54.5 against. 3.54.5 against. Iowa, three votes. <laughs> Iowa? He's coming. Okay. Iowa votes 1.54 and 1.5 against. 1.54, 1.5 against. Kansas, three votes. Kansas? One more time, Kansas? Kentucky, 13 votes. Kentucky has 12 votes for and one vote against. 12 for, one against. Kansas is coming to the mic. Kansas, three votes. Kansas, 
Okay, Kentucky Bluegrass, four votes. Bluegrass Council of the Blind, three, four, one against. Three, four, one against. Louisiana, two votes. Two, four. Two, four. Thank you, ma'am. Maine, two votes. Maine vote one four and one again. One four, one against. Maryland, three votes. Maryland cast three votes four. Three four. Bay State, eight votes. Six in favor, two against. Six four, two against. Michigan, five votes. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, you need to. All right. Uh, Michigan is voting two votes for, three votes against. Two, four, three against. Minnesota, three votes. Minnesota, 2.54.5 against. 2.54.5 against? Mississippi, two votes. Mississippi should have three votes. Why does it say two here? Okay, three votes. Mississippi votes three, four. Three, four. Missouri, 18 votes. Missouri. One more time, Missouri, 18 votes. Nebraska, one vote. One against. One against. Nevada, two votes. One affirmative and one opposed. One for, one against. New Jersey, two votes. I believe we should have three. Yes. 
<laughs> my sheet must have did a weird thing in the middle of the night. <laughs> All right, three votes. Sorry. Thank you, ma'am. New Jersey, three votes, four. Three, four. New York, eight votes. Good morning, ACB. The American Council of the Blind of New York casts four votes for and four votes against. Four. Four? <laughs> four against. <laughs> North Carolina, three votes. Good morning, North Carolina, 1.54, 1.5 against. 1.54, 1.5 against. North Dakota, seven votes. North Dakota, vote seven votes, no. Seven against. Ohio, seven votes. Ohio, seven, yes. Seven, four. Oh, that stupid thing. No. Oklahoma, 17 votes. Oklahoma has 16, four, and one against. 16, four, one against. Oregon, four votes. Oregon, 3.54, 0. 0.5 against. 3.54.5 against. Pennsylvania, eight votes. Pennsylvania votes four against and four in favor. Four in favor, four against. Thank you. South Dakota, three votes. South Dakota cast 2.5, 4.5 against. 2.5, No. Again. Did you say 2.54? Yes. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Tennessee, six votes. Tennessee. Six votes against. Six against. Texas, 11 votes. Howdy, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Texas cast uh, 10 for and one against. 10 for, good buddy. <laughs> 10 for, one against. Yeah, 10 for. Utah, 11 votes. Utah casts 11 votes for. 11 for, thank you. Vermont, three votes. Vermont, 1.54, 1.5 against. 1.54, 1.5 against. Virginia, two votes. 
Virginia, one in favor, one opposed. One in favor, one against. Washington, 16 votes. Nine, four, seven against. Nine, four, seven against. West Virginia, one vote, or Mountain State, I should say. That's okay, Madam Secretary. We know where we're from. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, Mountain State Council casts its one vote against. One against. Wisconsin, one vote. Wisconsin casts our, I'm sorry, Wisconsin casts our one vote against. One against. Alliance on Aging and Vision Law, six votes. Good morning, ACB. AAVL casts two votes in favor, four votes against. Two in favor, four against. Teachers, two votes. Teachers votes, two votes, four. Two, four. Attorneys, two votes. AAVIA casts one, four, and one against. One, four, one against. Diabetics, five. ACB Diabetics, home of the Sugar Warriors. Woohoo! We <laughs> we um, vote one four and four no's. Against. One four, four against. Fam ACB families, four votes. ACB families. Has three and a half votes, four. No, I'm sorry. Three votes, four, and one against. I'm sorry. Could you give me that again, Carla? I'm sorry. Three, four, and one against. Three, <clears throat> three, four, one against. ACB government employees, one vote. Government employees cast 0 0.54, 0 0.5 against. 0 0.54, 0 0.5 against. ACB Lions, four votes. ACB Lions cast 3, 4, 1 against. 3, 4, 1 against. ACB Next Generation, three votes. Okay. ACB Next Generation votes two in favor, one against. Two, four, one against. ACB Radio Amateurs, one vote. ACBRA votes one vote four. One four. 
ACB students, one vote. Audio now unmuted. One four. Thank you. Bits, seven votes. Bits cast four votes, four, three votes against. Four, boy, four votes in favor, three against. Blind Pride, four votes. Good morning, Blind Pride, home of tonight's open mic votes. Three, four, and two against. Three, four. Yeah, you only have four. Sorry about that. We have five. No, four. All right, then. Split two and two. All right, got that. Two, four. (laughs) Two, four, and two against. Brown Revival League, 11 votes. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Brown Revival League cast five votes, four, and six votes against. Five, four, six against. CCLVI, 10 votes. CCLVI, 6.54, 3.5 against. 6.54, 3.5 against. Friends in Art, two votes. Oh, we had four votes. No, that's uh, two. Okay. Uh, all right. A- Annie Chapetta, Friends in Art, one four, one against. One four, one against. Guide Dog Users, 15 votes. GDY, 12.54. Two point five against. Twelve point five four. I'm sorry. Do that again. Uh, Twelve point five four. Four. Mm-hmm. Two point oh, five against. I just said three for a second there. <laughs> two point oh, five against. Sorry. It's all right. Thanks. Ivy, one vote. Ivy is going to get right down to business and vote one vote against. Thank one you. against. Lua, seven votes. Three, yes. Four, no. Three, four, four, against. (laughs) RSVA, 17 votes. RSVA, 17 votes. One more time, RSVA, 17 votes. And we'll go back up to Kansas. Point of personal privilege, uh, Madam Secretary. Uh, Kansas this year appointed both our delegate and alternate to be virtual, trying to expand the workload, but uh, I have text messages from both of them this morning saying that they are, for some reason, unable to connect and get in. So 
regrettably, this is Michael Byington, president of the Kent Association, and I need to change our uh, affiliate uh, delegate uh, to myself until we can get the uh, transmission issues dealt with. Okay. So do you want like to cast the three votes? I would like to cast three votes against. Thank you. Three against. Okay, Missouri, 18 votes. Missouri casts 11.5 votes for, 6.5 votes against. 11.54, 6.5 against. Um, RSVA, 17 votes. One more time. I take it nobody's coming to a mic. Madam Chair, that completes the call of the roll. There we go. I know you had it up there. <laughs> All right. You know, thank you, everyone. And, and what was so cool was sitting up here, it was actually pretty hard to tell who was in the room and who was in the Zoom. Everybody was doing such a good job. If you are having difficulty connecting to the delegate Zoom room, uh, my best recommendation is to check with Cecily to make sure that you really have the right link because the room is open. Um, and I can't think of any other good reason uh, why, why you couldn't get in. But um, if, there is, if there are people who are challenged with that, we, we really do want it to work for everyone, and it, and it basically should for the most part. Um, so um, that, that's that. Uh, also, to um, you can get from her information for calling it on the telephone if you can't get into the link. So um, we, we just want this to, to work as much as it can for everyone. All right. Um, Nancy, do we have the count yet? Can we play some Jeopardy music, she says. <laughs> well, let me tell you what's going to happen this afternoon. Huh? No, you're She's not ready. Okay. So let me tell you what's going to happen. We, we're going to have our rest of our program. We're going to have our scholarships and our narrator and um, those good things. And then um, what we will be doing is returning to this resolution because what you have passed or failed is the amendment to the resolution. And so then we have to actually um, discuss the resolution itself. And so um, we started to debate the resolution before the amendment was introduced. We used up four minutes of the debate. I'm not going to split hairs on that. If people do want to debate the resolution, uh, I'm going to allow the entire 20 minutes for debate since it's been a long time. 
And then if there is a debate, we'll take it, fors and against, and we will manage both the room and the Zoom, which means the room has to slow itself down a little to make it work for the Zoom people. And we will manage that with you. And then when that is completed, we will take a hands vote on the resolution. The only parts of the resolution you can now amend would be the whereas clauses. So if you uh, want to amend the whereas clauses, uh, you can do so during the debate. Um, otherwise, the, uh, amend the resolution will be voted. If a record vote is requested after the vote is taken, the, the hands vote, and it will be hands in Zoom and in the room, and they will be counted. So uh, if after that um, there are a significant enough number of no's and those uh, no's uh, wish to request a record vote, then the resolution will go into the pile that is going to be voted Wednesday in the individual vote and Thursday in the um, in the uh, delegate vote. So that will then complete the work um, on the resolution, and we'll, we'll work through it as quickly as you all allow it to happen. So that, that's, that's the way I'm going to word that. All right. Um, if, if you guys aren't going to be ready for a little while, I want to move forward. You are ready. Okay. Then I'm going to call on uh, Nancy Becker to uh, give us our vote totals. So first I'll give the total. Then I'll give the individual total, along with the affiliate total and the percentages. And ironically, the percentages are exactly the same. Oh, wow. So the total is 490.54, 275.5 against. Okay. So for the individual count, 276 for, 155 against. The affiliate count, 214.5 for, 120.5 against. So what it turns out to be is 64% for and 36% against. And that is the same for both the affiliates and the individual vote. Okay. So the amendment passes. And so what we will be voting on this afternoon is the amended resolution, which is the same as... Ooh, yeah. Somebody either liked it or didn't like it. I'm not sure which. <laughs> okay, so what we will be working with this afternoon is the amended resolution, which is essentially the same thing you just voted, unless you amend any of the whereas clauses. All right, enough of that now. We will move on. Our next, uh, the next thing I'd like to do is introduce Mr. Ray Campbell, who will be our presiding officer for this morning. He will be uh, presenting, uh, working through the process with our scholarships. First, the CCLVI scholarships uh, presented by Patty Cox and then uh, Denise Colley to do the rest of the ACB and AFB scholarships and then our talking book narrator. And so take it away, Ray. raise this up here now. Excuse me, puppy. <laughs> All right. I, uh, good morning. Good morning, ACB. Welcome to Illinois. Y'all having a good time? Great, 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 great. Be before I introduce Patty, I'm um, going to give a real quick shout out, point of personal privilege, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if they're listening or not, 
But if they are, I want to say hello to my mom and dad in Rockton, Illinois, about 60 miles from here. Hope they're, uh, and, and I'm on my best behavior as best I can be. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you any different. All right. So this morning is one of my favorite times of the convention because we get to, we get to see how bright the future is, and it is always bright. And that is we get to hear from and about some wonderful people. So first of all, for our friends at the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International to introduce their scholarship winners, gives me great pleasure to call upon their president, Patty Cox, from the great state of Kentucky. Patty? Actually, I have to write, find the right file. Well, that's okay. We're kind of tag teaming today is what we're doing. Because, <clears throat> um, so uh, uh, we're going to, uh, you have your list? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, we're both up here. That's okay. We're not trying to confuse you. Um, but we're doing things a little differently this year. Um, each of us will be talking a little bit about our scholarship program and introducing our particular scholarship winners. And instead of having them all come forward, which always makes it kind of long, we're going to let them stay back where they are. We're going to pass the mic, and we're going to let them, them tell you about them. So I'm to, going to let Patty go first to talk about CCLBI scholarships and then to announce her winners. Um, the Fred Shigert Scholarship is usually given to um, one freshman, one undergraduate, one graduate student each year. But last year during the convention, Fred passed away. And his wife, Alexa, had graciously um, added another scholarship so we have two freshman scholarships, one undergraduate and one graduate. Our freshman winners are Samantha Donovan and Emmett Glover. The undergraduate student is Kevin Cohen. And the graduate student is Sandy Owens. All right, so what we're going to do is, if those four individuals could raise their hands so we can start the mics with them first. My name is Kevin Cohen. It's nice to see all of you, uh, meet everyone. Um, so I'm a rising senior at Binghamton University, which is part of the State University of New York. Stand. Um, <laughs> I'm majoring in accounting and economics. And say a fun fact about me is that I'm a certified scuba diver. So. 
And thank you so much for, for, all, for everyone, for your support and for your help. It's really appreciated and goes a long way. Hello, I'm Samantha Donovan. I'm going to be a freshman at Springfield College, and I'm studying occupational therapy. Hello, my name is Emmett Glover. I'm a freshman at uh, the University of Oklahoma, originally from Utah. I'm studying computer science, and I will be doing men's gymnastics at Oklahoma. Hello, ACB. This is Sandy Owens from North Carolina again. And I am in grad school going for two masters. My first master's is in teaching students who are visually impaired, so I want to become a TSBI. And my second master's is in assistive technology. And a fun fact is that I was a math teacher for 10 years. (laughs) And that's just the beginning. The American Council of the Blind offers educational scholarships ranging from $2,000 up to $7,500 for entering freshmen, undergraduates, graduate students, and students attending vocational uh, technical colleges. And several years ago, we uh, ended up partnering with the American Foundation for the Blind, and so... Uh, they provided, uh, asked us if we would be willing to um, select, uh, uh, you know, go through the interview process and select the scholarships um, that they were awarding. And they wanted to channel their scholarships through the American Council of the Blind. So we did that, and we were able to take and combine their scholarships with some of our scholarships to make them larger. And that has been a really great thing. We've had a wonderful working relationship with them, and we just continue to thank them for doing, doing that. Um, <clears throat> and I was very excited because for the first time this year, the current CEO and president of the American Foundation for the Blind our own Eric Bridges, was able to come to our dinner and to, to welcome them and honor them. And that was just a, a, a very exciting addition to our program. The scholarships that we pr- provide can be used to help with educational, financial needs, such as tuition, fees, room and board, and purchasing or updating assistive technology. Scholarships are awarded to students who are majoring in areas such as disability rehabilitation, education, law, business, computer science, data processing, computer programming, web development, science, engineering, mathematics, music and the arts, advocacy, disability services, and we have one for an undergraduate who has overcome major difficulties and should have little to no vision. 
At this point, I would like to introduce to you, well, first of all, before I do that, we actually have one scholarship winner who is getting a scholarship from both CCLVI and the American Council of the Blind, and that is Kevin Cohen. And we're really excited about that, and we're excited that Kevin was able to return again this year. So at this point, I would like to introduce to you the 2023-24 class of ACB scholarship recipients. Hello, my name is Bhavya Shah. Um, for those who have attended convention in the past, you all may know that this isn't the first time the ACB has been kind enough to award me a scholarship. I am a rising senior at Stanford University, majoring in mathematical and computational science. And I guess my little fact, this isn't really something I bring up in person, it's on my LinkedIn though, um, is that I'm a world champion in debate. Uh, good morning. Um, as we say in the Philippines, magandang umaga. Uh, my name is Eric Marco Ramos. I am an incoming fourth-year PhD student at uh, the Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Um, I'm a PhD student, as I've mentioned, in literature and criticism. And uh, my research is, well, I'm looking at disability and the way that it changes uh, the way we read and tell stories. And one, one thing that I'm looking at is how audio description is a new and hybrid emerging genre of literature. Hi everyone, it's Kevin Cohen again. Um, I already introduced myself, so I'm not going to bore you with the details again, but it's a pleasure to be here again, and I really, again, appreciate all of you and your generosity. Hello, my name is Matthew Ard. I'm a rising undergraduate senior at San Jose State University um, in San Jose, California, and I'm studying mechanical engineering. Um, and for the summer, I'm interning at Columbia University doing research on um, renewable energy misinformation. Uh, hello, everyone. I am the other Matthew, um, uh, Matthew Cho. Um, I am going to be a freshman at Marymount Manhattan College in New York City. Um, I will be studying psychology in and hopes to become a music therapist. Um, I will be, uh, well, this summer I'll be um, mentoring uh, seniors with assistive technology. And a fun fact is I, uh, what's it called, I guess, I, was, I represented NASA, Amazon, and the Lighthouse Guild, um, and I went to NASA uh, to talk to Alexa while she was a million miles away. So thank you for your support. Hi everyone, my name is Malia Thibodeau. I'm a rising sophomore at Hillsdale College in Hillsdale, Michigan. I will be studying international business and foreign language. Um, an interesting fact about me is, I don't know if anybody remembers, but 
they unveiled a statue of Helen Keller in 2009 in the Capitol building in the Rotunda, and I sang the national national anthem there. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I was four years old. <laughs> it, yeah, it was 2009, but um, yeah, I just yeah I <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much to ACB for this scholarship. Um, and have a great rest of the convention. Hello, everyone. My name is Caitlin Kellermeyer, and I'm entering my second and final year as a Master's of Social Work student at George Mason University in Northern Virginia, right outside DC, yes. Super, super grateful for this opportunity and for this scholarship. So thank you so much. Um, My fun fact is that I will be starting in August as a completely blind play therapist with children and teenagers. So if anyone is wondering how that's going to work, I am also wondering that. My name is Zane Hoover. I am a freshman at Ivy Tech Indianapolis in business administration. Uh, no, uh, a fun fact. Oh, uh, a fun fact about me is I am ServeSafe certified. I'm Charlie Miller, and I wish to extend my gratitude to ACB and all the other organizations out there to assist um, all the uh, site-challenged. And I'm studying um, labor and employment relations over at uh, UIUC here in Illinois. And I just recently uh, acquired a position over at uh, the um, U.S. State Department. And I thank everybody and for the opportunities that, uh, you know, these organizations, and in particular ACB, bestow upon us all. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Katie Severe. Um, I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and now I've moved to Massachusetts, and I am studying at Harvard, um, and I am studying psychology and education, I'm particularly looking at how we can improve the education system for students with disabilities. Um, And a fun fact about me is this is very Harvard-esque, but Harvard has high tea every Thursday, and I am a frequent attendant. (laughs) I just wanted to extend my gratitude to ACB for this scholarship. I am very honored. Thank you very much for all of your support. Thank you. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Chantal Zuzi and uh, this is the third time I've been awarded this scholarship. I'm so grateful. I'm a rising um, junior at Wellesley College. I'm majoring in international relations, political science and uh, computer science minor. Um, I'm really grateful for this scholarship. Fun fact about me is that I speak five languages. Uh, 
you. Hi there, everyone. My name is Emily Nelson. I'm from Fishers, Indiana, and I will be an incoming freshman at Indiana University studying international law and Germanic studies, and I hope to work with NATO with international security and anti-terrorism. One thing about me is that I am very passionate in what I coined as accidentally accessible video games. As someone who has played over 4,000 hours in the Elder Scrolls Skyrim game, I have learned to come at that there are lots of different techniques to have things accidentally accessible so that both visually impaired and sighted people can enjoy different areas. And I'm actually working with the company Bethesda right now to um, improve their next Elder Scrolls game so that both sighted and visually impaired people can enjoy the game. Thank you. Hello, ACB. My name is Danielle Schutz. Um, I will be a rising senior at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in the fall. Um, I am studying uh, biology and I'm minoring in psychology and biochemistry. Um, I am uh, finishing up my final year and then planning on applying to medical school um, to pursue psychiatry. Um, one fun fact about me is that um, I grew up on a farm and I showed goats and pigs in 4-H my entire life. Hi, y'all. Uh, my name is Qusay Hussein. I just before, I just was still shocked. Somebody say I'm hot and I'm freezing here because, you know, we are from Texas, so <laughs> it's very cold. So true. <laughs> yes. So um, I am finishing my first year uh, PhD student at the University of Texas, studying in social work. And my focus uh, research on um, refugee, uh, also refugee with a disability and trauma. So... Something uh, fact about me, I just selected to serve on the board of director for Dr. That Borders, and I am the first visual impaired to serve that position. Good morning and happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brock Kitterman. I am from the glorious, not-so-glorious city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I will be attending the University of Alabama this fall as a freshman to study computer science and work on my master's in business. Uh, and I would like to say a quick thank you to everyone who made this scholarship possible, and I am forever grateful that I will be able to continue my education in some place that is a lot warmer than my hometown. <laughs> Uh, a fun fact about me is that I have completed 85 triathlons in the last 10 years, and I am on the United States national team for blind ice hockey. So, thank you again, and roll tide! Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Andrew De Avila, or like the hotel likes to call it, D-Ability. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm from Austin, Texas, uh, currently a PhD student at Texas Tech University uh, in educational leadership and special education. Uh, focus area is within sensory disabilities. Uh, currently working on my first uh, academic publication, really ex excited about that. Um, I also wanted to thank all of y'all and ACB for this amazing scholarship and opportunity. And the fun fact is two weeks ago... Um, I, we brought in our second daughter, 
uh, on June 15th, five pounds, nine ounces. Uh, so it was very difficult to be away from them, but we're excited and want to thank you all for this opportunity. They saved the best for last. Hello, everyone. I'm Devin Woodfine. I was born and raised in South Central Los Angeles, and I attend the wonderful California State Polytech University Pomona, majoring in computer science. I used to play violin for four years, and I'm grateful to say that, as we've seen today, without a community behind you, you will never succeed in life. So I'm grateful to join the ACB community as a first-time recipient. Aren't they amazing? Let's give them all another hand. I just want to um, take this opportunity to thank my co-chair, Rebecca Bridges, and my scholarship committee, which I'm not even going to try to name because I'd probably forget somebody. Um, They have worked really hard this year, and I have a great committee to work with, and that is really very special to me. Now, if you want to learn more about these students, tonight is your opportunity. Please, please come to our scholarship reception at 5.30 in Nirvana B. That's Nirvana B. And who knows what else you might learn. So we'll see you all this evening. Thank you. We are doing really good. That that isn't the future bright, ladies and gentlemen. Really is. And I uh, to the young man going to Alabama, it sounds like he already is getting indoctrinated. He like he probably will he will learn to like football if he doesn't already because they play it. They play a lot of it down there and they do it very well. So, uh, Dad, we're way ahead of schedules. Yeah, door prizes. All right. So. What we're going to do, we are running way ahead of schedule, but I hope they're ready. Um, It's time for one of, I know, a lot of people's favorite parts of the convention, door prizes. So, Sharon Howerton, I believe you're handling it this morning, so if you can get yourself to a microphone, let me know when you're there. that uh, we uh, we actually made a door prize team this year and um, I'm here Ray there you are and so it gives me great pleasure to give away a couple let's do how many do you think we should do Deb I have five altogether she's got five she's got five I want to save a couple for the end okay let's do three now Sharon and two at the end so introducing our wonderful national anthem singer and my good friend Sharon Howerton Well, this is a lot easier than singing the national anthem. So. <laughs> so our first door prize. Can't hear? Okay. Okay. Um, is this any better? Yeah. Okay. No? Not any better yet? Well, people, keep your voices down so you can hear. How about this? That's better. Okay. 
Okay, so your the first door prize is a $25 from Florida. And the winner is Vicky Kennedy from Hawaii. The second one is a subscription, uh, one-year membership from Penny Forward. It it contains a branded retractable USB charging cable and a branded solar portable charger with a value of $165. And the winner is Caitlin Kellermeyer. All right, one of our scholarship winners, yeah. And the third one is a $25 uh, gift from Lua, and the winner is virtual, and her name is Vanessa Lettery. Vanessa, congratulations, all of you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Sharon. Yep. Um, and... Uh, for those of you who know, since we've gone hybrid, um, we don't uh, we don't draw until we get one. Everybody gets their door prize. So um, if you're not here, uh, they will be mailed to you and uh, all of that. Okay, we are running way ahead of schedule here. Um, is Jay Williams in the room? The narrator? Okay, well, I guess I get to sing now when we fill some time, right? <laughs> okay. Um, we got some karaoke tracks back here, right? <laughs> you have blackmails, which you have, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Okay, let me just consult with the pres and see what we ought to do here. We get to, I get, we get to hear from somebody that accompanies many of us to many places in our lives, whether it's on the paratransit bus as we're taking a trip, an hour-long trip that should take a half hour, whether it is out in the park, whether it is walking around the house with us as we do housework, dishes, laundry, whatever it is we might have to do, or as we get ready to go to sleep at night. They are our talking book narrators. And many of us could not enjoy the love of reading without them. And again, as we always, yeah, as we always do, my, uh, my mom and dad, I, I was a child of the energy crisis in the 70s. And um, my mom always used, mom and dad always used to say to me, well, we're going to write to the president and tell him that you're an energy saver because you read with the lights off. <laughs> now, I was reading a lot of Braille at the time, but... Uh, Talking books certainly fall into that as well. Um, it gives me great pleasure this morning to um, introduce our talking book narrator. I will um, give you his name in a minute, but um, he was just telling me as uh, we were getting ready up, up here that uh, he had a very early exposure to talking books, didn't really understand what was happening, but he said his great-grandfather was listening to these recordings and he didn't understand the significance of it, but um, boy, he certainly has learned a lot. Um, and um, he uh, was telling me he shows on the program from Denver, and he says that they moved from St. Louis to Denver in 1952 when he was five years old. So he uh, 
I don't know if he's still a Cardinal fan, but you know he'll have to tell you about that. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure. Let's give a warm ACB welcome to this year's talking book narrator, Mr. Jake Williams. Yes, I did grow up Cardinals fan. This was the early 1950s, and even after we moved to Denver, I would spend the summers with my uh, grandparents in St. Louis and uh, would listen to... Uh, all righty. Well, if you could kindly speak closer to the microphone. There. Would, uh, would spend my summers in St. Louis after we moved to Denver in 1952, so... I spent my summers with my grandparents listening to the radio, and uh, anybody out there as old as I am uh, and familiar with early 1950s radio, um, the St. Louis Cardinals broadcasts were hosted by Joe Garagiola, Jack Buck, and uh, uh, Harry Carey. Holy cow, I forgot Harry Carey's name. You don't forget Harry Carey's name in Chicago. (laughs) Anyway, uh, about my uh, grandfather and my first experience, I was probably about maybe six or seven years old. I remember, this is my great-grandfather, my grandmother's father, uh, the Reverend Charlie Mosley, who grew up on... uh, a former rice plantation in uh, Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. And uh, he spent most of his days uh, in Lumberton, North Carolina, not that far from the ocean, as a Baptist minister. And uh, many things, uh, Midwestern, sort of Western kid, not really exposed to the southern U.S. that much, uh, uh, didn't grasp at the time uh, not only the concept of uh, talking books, it became obvious that uh, what he was listening to was uh, uh, pre-recorded written material. I was old enough to figure that part out by myself. Uh, I thought it odd at the time that... uh, his style of listening would be to talk back to the record player. (laughs) Later on, I learned, well, you do not, uh, uh, you're not a practicing Baptist minister unless, and listening to somebody deliver any type of oration, even if it's recorded, without, uh, it's impolite to not respond. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, the part I would catch and remember the best in my, uh, as an adult still, in my 70s now, was, uh, yeah, he would punctuate each sentence. Oh, yeah, go on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That was, uh, yeah, probably about mm, maybe 1953 or thereabouts. 
uh, early 50s for sure. Uh, my great-grandfather uh, died on uh, the 4th of July, 1955. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving kind of, uh, well, many years later, uh, this is about probably 20 or 30 years ago at this time. I have the type of memory I can remember who said what and what I did and maybe what color uh, people were wearing at the time. But I have the mind I can't tell you whether that happened five years ago or 25 years ago. So the, the exact date, I don't know. My uh, mother-in-law, uh, my wife's mother, uh, has not been with us for the last uh, 10 or 12 years. So it was obviously before that. But my wife is talking to my mother-in-law, her mother, on the telephone and so I'm hearing one half of the conversation. And uh, my wife is saying things like, well, no, if you go into the program, uh, it's not as though if you join the program and receive the recordings, somebody else won't. It doesn't work that way. Anybody who... Uh, uh, has difficulty uh, with, you know, printed material and sign up and, and that's it. It's not, you're not taking anybody's place if you sign up. My uh, uh, mother-in-law's uh, diabetes had caught up with her and her retinas uh, were detaching very quickly and uh, uh, it was the subject of... Uh, enrolling in the talking book program had come up to her and she's talking to her daughter, my wife, from uh, Erie, Pennsylvania to Denver, Colorado. And I'm listening to my wife's portion of the conversation and I heard her say, you know, not only does it not work like that, but uh, if you don't sign up, there's a remote possibility there won't be enough people that sign up and uh, the program might be put in danger. Jake could lose his job and we might have to move in with you. She joined the program. And uh, at that time... Uh, material came to her mostly on, uh, mostly via cassette tapes. But I actually, personal history, uh, coming from a, a line of uh, uh, preachers, and uh, when I was in high school, I think was yeah, the time I made the decision, I knew by then I uh, wasn't a good enough athlete to uh, get into college by way of any type of scholarship or anything like that. So, so I went to speech meets and uh, uh, 
specialized in original oratory and debate and uh, uh, won a scholarship to college. Couldn't really afford college tuition at the time. And uh, while uh, uh, working in, or while in my college career, I uh, graduated from Regis College. It was Regis College then. It's now Regis University. Uh, but this was 1969. And uh, by then, I had gotten a part-time job uh, my last couple years of college working for, working for a local radio station. And uh, uh, went on, it seemed like a very comfortable thing I could do while I was trying to decide uh, exactly how I was going to save the world, what I wanted to be when I grow up. And uh, um, a few years after college, I'm still working in the radio as a newscaster, uh, record spinner. Uh, this was back in the days when... Uh, we played music on the radio using vinyl records. <laughs> that uh, uh, I don't think that has happened since probably the early 1970s. But anyway, I um, just kind of uh, backed into broadcasting as a career, and that led to my uh, reading uh, books and magazine articles for the uh, Library of Congress through, uh, at the time, the only Denver studio doing that work. It was, uh, it was called Talking Book Publishers. There were, I think, four studios around the country doing that work. Um, we uh, Midwesterners, Denver's really the Midwest, although it's, there are, um, equal primarily Midwesterners, primarily Westerners uh, uh, who live there. Uh, an old-time uh, Denver broadcaster whom I worked for for years named Gene Amel used to say the uh, countries of uh, North America were divided wrong. He thought the dividing line, rather than north-south, should be east-west, with the Mississippi separating one country and uh, the other. But anyway, uh, uh, that led to, uh, in the mid-1970s, my moving from primarily radio to primarily the Talking Books program, and uh, uh, which ultimately led to uh, July the 4th of 2023 and uh, being invited to Schaumburg, Illinois, to sort of explain the process and uh, give people a chance to uh, ask, and if I can, answer uh, questions uh, about that process. Uh, I am uh, amazed uh, at the uh, 
I'm not good on the technical end of how things happen. Uh, I, uh, I liken when I was doing radio, and especially now that everything electronic has gotten more complicated, uh, I sort of compare myself to somebody driving an automobile or flying an airplane. Not everybody who drives can fix that machine, and very few uh, people beyond that can design their own. I've been working uh, the last couple years with uh, people who have the uh, technical know-how, which they call the nerdiness, to uh, design their own system for uh, recording uh, talking books for the blind in a situation where two people cannot get together in the same room. Um, it was, to my, uh, to my thoughts, utterly astounding. Our uh, head computer person at uh, Books to Life, which is the name of the organization I've been uh, working for for the last, uh, going on 10 years now. Uh, Denver now has two uh, studios that record things for the Library of Congress. Um, the Talking Books uh, studio is still alive and well, and uh, the new upstarts, Books to Life, uh, with whom I'm now affiliated, uh, um, developed, or at least our, our head geek, developed uh, a process whereby we could still record during the early days of the pandemic when everything was locked down. And uh, it put us in very good standing with the library and uh, we uh, also personally continued to work in a situation where for a few months we were the only ones in the country doing that. It involved Zoom <laughs> and uh, uh, there are all sorts of things people can do to uh, uh, closely enough for the uh, government simulate being in the same room, observing the same process and listening to the, the recordings being made and having a capacity to stop and correct while that process is taking place. And uh, yet another feather in the cap for Zoom. End of commercial for them. <laughs> but the, uh, the process, I'll just tell you a little bit about some of the people involved, uh, which is what I'm better at anyway than, ex than describing how you do it. If I'm, I'm one of those people, you push this button to achieve this result. If uh, the, pushing that button does not achieve that result, here's the number of the guy to call to, uh, <laughs> to cry, you know, whose shoulder I can cry on. <laughs> But um, the skills to uh, um, 
work in a situation like that are, are uh, varied. We have uh, the electronic type people. Uh, strangely enough, we uh, employ um, musicians who are not really, you know, usually just starting out, not really working full time as musicians. Uh, uh, students, a lot of people who are working, we we use many part timers. Part of uh, the uh, sort of paradox, if you will, of uh, uh, working at a studio that does our type of work. If you're smart enough to do the work, you're smart enough to make more money doing something else. And so we have a fairly high turnover. We have happy people because they like what they're doing while they're here, but eventually uh, they uh, look in their wallets when they pull them out and not see an awful lot of reason to stay working for us. But... Um, uh, bookworm students are very uh, are attracted to our line of work because it gives you a chance to look things up in dictionaries, and you know these are people who like homework, <laughs> and uh, this is a way to uh, essentially do homework. How do you pronounce this in Turkish or Tagalog? <laughs> uh, we have the uh, you know. We have the words spelled out uh, in our alphabet. <laughs> now, how do they actually pronounce that? Because if we can't come up with something fairly convincing and, uh, uh, and accurate, um, we're submitting our things to the Library of Congress, and the library won't take it, frankly. Um, anyway, we have researchers... Musicians are good technically on the recording end, particularly when you're recording, if someone stumbles, the recording goes back, uh, the reader can listen to the playback up to the point where the good part of the recording stops. Um, if I say something like... Um, and then um, on the following day, so-and-so, uh, so-and-so, and, -so, and -so, I get stopped and said, no, it's on the next day. Well, they, can, they can give me the recording as far as I am then, and their timing is good enough that they can resume the recording at that spot. And I say, on the next day, so-and-so, and so and so and so um, if I make a mistake which isn't caught right away, another part of the process is to uh, uh, kick the recording back to the uh, reader for a correction. Now, here's where the musician can do it uh, uh, pretty much without an awful lot of practice. Anybody can do it with enough practice, but... Uh, you're going maybe from comma to comma, changing the recording. And so you need somebody who can, uh, who can start the recording process precisely at the right spot and then end it 
at the correct spot as soon as you've said it, as soon as you've pronounced it correctly. Musicians just have that timing. They've been doing it for uh, years by the time they get to uh, uh, our situation. I worked also for a few years. Um, there are, oh, several of us who have been working in more or less the same situation now. I started in the mid-70s full-time. Uh, there are a couple people still uh, uh, alive and well. Um, we have one reader who's now in her upper 80s. She does not work full-time, but she does when she feels like it. She'll get called from time to time. Uh, are you interested in, uh, you know, this is something we think you would, uh, uh, it calls for that particular perspective. And, uh, but we have a number of people, our core situation uh, hasn't changed that much. Several of us are now in our 70s who have been working since the 1970s. It's, uh, I'm not going to say 50 years. <laughs> I knew uh, I knew I was uh, I had reached middle age when the uh, policemen started uh, looking and sounding like kids. You don't. Uh, after a while, you know, as soon as, especially when the gray hairs start, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a situation where you get called sir a lot more and you don't look at all dangerous anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, one of our uh, uh, studio mates, this was... 20 years ago, uh, enrolled in a program where she raised guide dog puppies. This was from uh, uh, an outfit in Oregon. Um, and uh, during the course of the few years uh, she was involved with the process, we were all involved in the process. Because uh, the puppy would come to work, and uh, uh, they, you know, they were not uh, uh, the puppies. They were of the lab family, uh, labs and goldens and mixtures, and shepherds, and uh, uh, puppies that had already been screened for even temperament. And so they were, you know, just uh, very fine, personable little personalities to get used to and interact with. And uh, it was a sound recording studio, so it was a, a quiet uh, atmosphere. And uh, uh, just uh, uh, not 
not too, you know, a fairly low overall energy atmosphere, and so there were no surprises to scare a puppy. And uh, we had all of us involved uh, had fun with the process. Uh, my friend wound up uh, reacquainted with uh, a couple of the dogs she had raised as puppies. Uh, when their careers ended as guide dogs. And it was just a, a, a nice situation. Eventually it got to the point where it was too hard on her to, uh, uh, you know, for whenever the puppies would move on to their, their next uh, business phase. <laughs> but anyway, that's sort of our situation old people uh, uh, one woman who now uh, is sort of the head resource and uh, uh, tackler of the most involved uh, uh, types of uh, uh, recordings we do uh, she's now in her 70s, a few years younger than I am. And uh, her mother was a librarian for years. And she says that she, you know, really compares what became her career to, uh, you know, she's still bookworming. She's, she's researching pronunciations. But we have any, you know, we have... Uh, um, People who enjoy uh, uh, looking things up like that, and we have, uh, I used to call the Talking Book Studio when I first uh, started DJ's Graveyard. And, uh, well, it has gotten to the point now where uh, I'm one of the few DJs left, and I don't want to call it DJ's graveyard anymore. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the uh, uh, there are some things that make us sound uh, uh, very intelligent. I didn't really, uh, I wound up uh, through circumstances, uh, one led to the next, led to the next, led to the next, and there was, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, still a pretty much insatiable demand for information on uh, World War II. Um, and uh, I figure that probably... In a 10-year span in my recording booth, uh, the Germans and the Japanese probably lost around 20 world wars. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, that sounds impressive until you realize after the first recording it was the same people making the same mistakes in the same sequence. <laughs> In the same towns, <laughs> a 
book after book after book. It, you know, just sort of gets easier <laughs> as it goes along. Anyway, uh, <laughs> enough about me. What do you think of me? Um, yes, let's 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 see if uh, uh, if you know, if there's a curiosity that uh, I'm sure people have. Okay, we can. Uh, Rick, are we set that the Zoom people can ask questions too? Okay. Okay, good. So. Um, Let's try four. So let's try two from Zoom and two from the room, if we can do that. So uh, do we have anybody in Zoom or in the room that would like to ask Mr. Williams a question? Yes, we have two attendees in Zoom. First up, we have Chuck followed by Linda Yaks. Okay, let's take those two, and then we'll take a couple from the room. Go ahead, Chuck. Yes. um, Well, this is my first time talking to a talking book narrator. And, uh, well, this is great. Okay, I got two two quick questions. Okay, number one, how many books have you narrated since you've been working with the Library of Congress? I'm I'm not sure. It's it's over a thousand titles. Um, And I've listened to some of them. Yes, I have. (laughs) In in preparation (laughs) for coming here, I thought that question would probably come up in the last time. Uh, or at least I, th- I think it's been about 10 years since I went to the internet, dialed up NLS.com. You used to be able to give them the name of a narrator, and uh, they would tell you how many titles were currently available uh, with that particular narrator. I tried that process and it and was not successful. But the last time I tried it, and it could have been 10 years ago. Maybe it said it couldn't count that high. Maybe. But uh, I, I'm sure you don't keep that many older, uh, uh, you know, everybody economizes. Now, of course, once it's recorded, you know, there's nothing to do, especially once everything gets digitized. Uh, it doesn't cost to keep it in storage. Uh, but anyway... Uh, Last time I looked, about 10 years or so ago, it was uh, a little over 1,000 titles. And next up, we have Linda Yaks in Zoom. Hi, Jake. What an honor. Thank you so much for taking my question. I have a couple of them. Um, you can hear me, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay. Very well. First of all, I have to say, go Nugget. Um. For those who don't know, the Nuggets are the NBA champions this year. Um, I am a Colorado native, so I grew up in, you know, and I grew up there, and I'm, I started reading uh, talking books when I was about five. So uh, a couple of questions. First of all, is your person who's in their, who's your, who's your narrator that's in their 80s? My second question for you is, what radio station did you work for? Uh First question, uh, she records under the name Jill Ferris. Oh, yeah. Um, In the early 1950s, uh, Jill Ferris was Denver's first weather girl. Oh, wow. And, uh, but she does still make the occasional recording, uh, uh, 
uh, I've been involved in uh, a couple of her recording of uh, books by uh, Joan Chittister, who is uh, uh, some people suggested uh, uh, her name has come up now. Uh, not really jokingly, uh, when uh, the last uh, when the need arose the last couple times for a new Catholic pope. Oh. <laughs> you know, just based on uh, knowledge of uh, tradition and all that sort of stuff and scripture and all that business. Uh, I don't know if uh, legally she could even be considered, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, she is uh, 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 that profound a thinker. And... Take a couple from the room. Yeah. A radio station, too. Yeah, radio stations in the Denver area. I started working in the late 60s uh, for KADX, um, which was a very small operation. They played uh, uh, what we call jokingly in the business elevator music. <laughs> Easy listening. Uh, and. Uh, on uh, Saturday nights, uh, we talked the uh, powers that be at KADX. A friend of mine who's now in the uh, Colorado Broadcasters Hall of Fame, his name is Charlie Sampson. We were in uh, school together at Regis and both were uh, fond of jazz music and uh, talked uh, the... Uh, uh, people that ran KADX into a Sunday night jazz show. <laughs> Don't know if we ran the station in the ground with that one show, but uh, the station sort of died thereafter. And then I uh, also worked at an all-news radio station and uh, worked for uh, what in Denver they call the old KADX, or the old KVOD, I'm sorry. Uh, in the 30s, there was an AM station, Voice of Denver, KVOD, when uh, Gene Amol and his partner, Ed Kepke, wanted to establish uh, a radio station in the late 50s, early 60s. KVOD call letters were available once again, so they picked that for the FM part of their operation, the... Uh, AM side was KDEN, and uh, by the time I arrived there, KDEN played jazz and KVOD, the FM part, same, same building, same uh, uh, equipment, played classical music, and I started working there because that was what I was most interested in. Those were the two forms of music I knew the most about. And a couple from the ballroom. Do we have anybody in the ballroom? Yes. Go ahead. Give me your name. Thank you. This is Terry Turla. And I was wondering, one, what type of book or specific book you enjoyed reading the most? And two, what were the categories or types of books that were the hardest for you to read? 
Thank you. I'll go into hardest to read for me. I'm, uh, I'm not great on characterizations. And uh, um, I am much better at fact books as a news reporter <laughs> uh, than fiction. And uh, so, you know, it's hard for me to uh, sound like the main character's uh, immature uh, niece. <laughs> there are those who do that far better than I. And uh, so primarily over the, over the years, uh, my uh, recordings have been uh, fact books and uh, magazine articles, informational type articles. Uh, 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 there were, you know, there would be the occasional Reader's Digest short story, which wouldn't feature me. <laughs> and and one most enjoyable. Okay, I have a question for you. First, thank you for being here. This has been very interesting. I appreciate oh, what you. you do. Thank you. Uh, I'm curious. There are so many books written every year, and uh, and that's a good thing. But also, I'm wondering how. Is it decided which books will be read next? Uh, and part two of that is is generally about how long after a new book comes out, let's say from a, a well-known, followed author, before that new book is is uh, uh, spoken. Uh, that is, in both instances, uh, it's mostly up to the people at the library. Um, we used to joke about uh, most of the uh, fiction stories we get. Um, just about anything that made the bestseller list, uh, not necessarily critical of claim, uh, would be uh, recorded in the Talking Books program. Uh, so, you know, to give people a chance to... Uh, uh, hear firsthand uh, not only what is the bulk of the output these days, but what's selling. And uh, I, I used to, uh, well, we collectively would develop a number of uh, jokes about that while we were satirizing ourselves. Uh, uh, in the mid to late 70s, we would say anything with Fabio on the cover. And during that same period, we would joke about the, uh, the guy at the library who gives his aunt a couple hundred dollars periodically and sends her to Safeway to buy us books. Uh, but we do, you know, anything that receives critical acclaim also gets recorded. You know, it doesn't have to be, uh, even though it perhaps doesn't sell as well as uh, the new equivalent of the dime novels. And so we do get uh, a good gamut. We, we get things that are more memorable than others. Um, and as for how long it takes, uh, it, could, it varies tremendously. The library will put a book on a fast track. And uh, I remember 
the, what came to mind first when you asked the question was uh, sort of an autobiography by uh, the late Colin Powell. And uh, that was given to me to record by yesterday. And, uh, and we did that. We uh, just sort of didn't do any... This, there was a... Uh, there was a possibility of Powell running for president at that very time. And uh, we had that book out of our studio and on its way back to NLS in about a week's time. Wow. Wow. Thank you. All right. I'm I'm going to. I got it. All right. Jake, thank you so much for coming to ACB and talking with us. if you, if you didn't get a chance to ask your question or you would like to talk up close and personal with a talking book narrator, you can do that. The Library Users of America is, will have him uh, as part of their program. When is that? Can somebody tell me? One o'clock this afternoon in what room? Schomburg G, so I assume that will be hybrid. Is that correct? Okay. So it's 1 o'clock this afternoon, Schomburg G, and it is in your Zoom links if you are accessing via Zoom. So please take that opportunity to uh, hear more from uh, Jake and talk to him. And we always appreciate the talking book narrators coming to ACB every year and uh, because they're really the voices that give voice to the, the, the world of literature to all of us. And thank you so much for what you do. All right. Well, all of you, my, my time before you, at least in this role, is coming to an end. I'm going to turn things back over to Deb. But before I do that, I just want to take a moment of personal privilege and say thank you, thank you, thank you. It is you, the membership, through electing me to this uh, position uh, that I'm honored to hold, that give me the opportunity to serve and also to be up here before you. And I really appreciate that and um, value that and uh, uh, wish you all a wonderful convention here in Schaumburg. And uh, uh, I'm going to turn things back to Deb. Thanks very much. Approach the mic, please. Okay, Madam Chair. Yes, ma'am. This is Carla Rushfall, and I just want to um, thank whoever made these gorgeous signs and put them on our tables. Yeah. It was so great to walk in here this morning and have delegates and have affiliate signs on the table. So thank you very much. All right. I think that's our, our chief crew in the back, Nancy and crew, taking care of that for you. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Excellent. Very good. Wow, um, that was such a tough act to follow, the um, scholarship winners and then the narrator. And, and now we have to go back to ACB business. And, and that's not really fair. Yeah, boo hiss. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to go through this as quickly as possible. I've been trying to keep us a bit ahead of schedule so that we would not take too much time out of your lunch time. There is not a formal luncheon today, so this does work pretty well for our process. Here is what we will be doing. So you voted on the amendment to the resolution. Because the amendment did pass, it has now become the resolved clauses of the resolution. We started to debate the resolution many, many days ago on the Friday night, the 23rd of June, this same year. Just want to make sure you know that's true. <laughs> yeah, this same year. Um, I, I know there are problems with all this process, and I, I'm just not going there right now. So you, we did begin to debate the resolution um, at that time, and then we took the amendment. I'm going to allow the debate to start over because that was a very, very long time ago even though it was pointed out to me that we did use up four minutes of it. <laughs> but that, that is not worth quibbling over. What I would remind you today, we have already taken the, the question period um, on the amendment, and so therefore we've, um, and, and we've taken the question period on the resolution, the original resolution itself, so we really are at debate. If you would like to debate the resolution, um, that is fine and in order. I'm going to ask you to limit the debate to specific points that you want to make that could influence someone's vote. This is the, not the time for you to public report whether you, know, whether you like the resolution, whether you'll be voting for the resolution. We're, we're going to deal with that. We're going to give you an opportunity to vote and have your vote count. But this is really about the pros and cons of the resolution as amended. The only amendments that I can take will be on the whereas clauses themselves if you wish to amend those in any way. So at this time... I am opening the floor to accept the way we did this uh, in the previous um, work, I think worked fairly well for us. We started with the people who wished to debate in opposition to the resolution, and we established the number of them, and, um, and I will establish five and then we developed, uh, determined whether there were people to speak for the resolution. We can have one additional person speak on one side or the other of the resolution. So that, then that's as far as we go. The debate will cease in 20 minutes of actual debate. So I will be announcing that. Um, during the debate, we will, as we did before, we will identify the people in advance, and then when we f complete the debate and we vote, I will tell you how we're doing that, because it does have to be slightly different since we have people both in Zoom and in the room. So at this time, uh, are there any hands? Um, not We've already recognized Michael Byington. Dan asked if we wanted to recognize Michael. We recognized Michael in the previous debate. He was actually the one person. So if he does want to speak again, he certainly can. Um, so um, 
So let's go ahead and establish if there are people who wish to speak in opposition uh, to the resolution. And actually, I don't know where Michael is on it now, because since the amendment passed, I'm not sure if Michael is going to be for or against. So if Michael does wish to be recognized somewhere in this process, we sure will. But in the meantime, let's determine in the room uh, and in Zoom, I can take, um, well, let's take two each place, and then I guess I can take one more somewhere. So are there two people in the room who wish to speak in, uh, in opposition to this resolution, and you'll be placed in the queue? If so, please go to a microphone and state your name. No, I don't. No, Ray, I don't. Yeah, Ray wants to, permission to go away. He has permission. Yeah, Nancy, do we have any hands? Deb, this is Connie. Yes, Michael, Connie. Michael Byington is here, so. Okay, so Michael, are you wishing to speak uh, in favor or uh, in opposition to the resolution? I will speak in favor very briefly. Okay, so we will put you on that queue to be first. All right, uh, I'm Deb, uh, Deb, Connie. As a maker, am I supposed to speak or not? I just want clarification. Pardon me? As speaker of the resolution now um, that I did the amendment, am I supposed to speak or not? I no, you, well, you, you, you okay. can or not. I mean, we're, we're back on the original okay. resolution now. All right, thank so you. Michael is considered the maker of the resolution. It has been amended. The amendment is already taken care of. So this is now the resolution. So um, Michael is down to speak for. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone who wishes to speak against the resolution? We have two in Zoom. All right. Let's hear who those are. Janine Lee and Vanessa Lowry. Janine, do you wish to speak in opposition to the resolution? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And um, I'm sorry, Vanessa. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Um, against. You wish to speak against the resolution? Okay. Are there any other individuals in the room or in Zoom who wish to speak in opposition to the resolution? Yes. Yeah. So, Deb, this is Connie. Yes. I would like to speak against the original resolution. All right. You would like to, so you would, okay. Liz Botner. And Liz, would you, would you like to speak for or against the resolution? Against the original resolution. Okay, so we have four people currently speaking against the resolution. I'd like to pause just because we need to figure out um, trying to be even with things. So I now will a- I'm going to ask now for any individuals aside from Michael who would like to speak in favor of the resolution. Lori Sharp. Lori, yes. Okay, so Michael, Lori additional and in zoom madam chair hold on just a minute patrick Uh, do we have anyone in zoom yes we have don horn don yes don horn in favor of okay don wishes to speak in favor of the resolution and i can take and we have doreen cornwell and i will let and doreen okay so i believe we have five in favor and four against right now I will take one more of each so uh, I believe that uh, Patrick what were you asking to speak to for or against against Patrick wishes to okay Patrick will be added to the against side and one more on the for side I can take we have Michelle McGrew Michelle do you wish to speak in favor of the resolution 
I'm not sure if this is what to call this, but there seems to be some confusion as to whether we're speaking for the original No, you are speaking for the amended resolution as was passed. So that's what I thought, but there's some people who said that they wanted to speak against it because they thought that they're speaking against the original resolution. They are speaking. So I just wanted to clarify sure, that. thank you. We are speaking against the amended for or against the amended resolution. Deb, yeah. Deb, this is Connie. Yes, I'm Connie. really confused. So, Madam, Madam Hold on. I think we need a point so of let's, order. Let's 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 stop for a second. Let me remind you what we are speaking about. If you are speaking for the amended resolution, it means that you believe that we should write a letter and that we should um, ask, you know, a CVREP to to include stakeholders. It's the it's the items that you voted for. If you are opposed to this, it means we should do nothing. Okay. So we're voting for. Right. So let's begin again, and let's review the people who are speaking and, and make sure that people, and I will not take, if, if you're switching sides, you won't be all speaking. So uh, I first, uh, if someone will tell me who has identified to speak against the resolution. Madam President, the point of order. Yes, Chris. Uh, this is Peter Heidi. Oh, Peter. Sorry. Um, that's all right. Um, I would like to have the amend- the resolution as amended read. We Thank can. You. Thank you. Yes. All right. Yes. What? Okay. Huh? Yes. That'll- let's uh, have that be. Uh, we let's uh, get the speakers. Well, they're they're so conf- they're confused about what we're voting. So I think we need Could- to do the reading first. Thank you. Yeah, I think we need to read yes. first because I think people are confused. So Nancy, would you please? Uh, read the entire resolution that we are, which is the amended resolution. Just a moment while she... Whereas the, the Academy for Certification of Visual Rehabilitation and Education Professionals, which is ACVREP, was established in order to enhance the stature in recognition of the highly specialized professional disciplines in the field of business and visual impairment. And whereas ACVREP's role is to ensure that available certification options and the particular requirements for specific practices reflect and preserve, preserve consensus concerning the need for and value of specialized services provided by properly prepared professionals, and whereas it is, it is essential for ACVREP to embrace a continuum of specialized services without certifying practitioners who are not primarily involved in serving people with vision loss, and whereas without con- consultation from the American Council of the Blind, ACB, and other stakeholders, ACB, VREP recently announced determination to establish a new certification open only to occupational therapists, OTs, who acquire vision-related training to provide specialized services, and whereas, if this certification effort is to continue, ACVREP should demonstrate 
a compelling justification for this additional certification. Now, therefore, be it resolved, American Council of the Blind will have the executive director write a letter with ACB board approval to ACVREP expressing our profound objection and disappointment that ACVREP is moving forward with this certification and training without having offered a formal invitation for ACB and all stakeholders to participate in their stakeholder listening process and be it further resolved that this organization calls upon the staff and board of ACVREP to formally act in meaningful and engaging dialogue with ACB and all stakeholders in any further development of the new OT training and certification. All right. And this is the amendment that was introduced by Connie on the 23rd and was passed by a voice or hand vote then and was requested a record vote, which is the record vote you all completed yesterday and today. So that is what we are debating. Now, I would like to go through and determine whether people are on the right side of where they want to be. So if someone would tell me, please, who the op- uh, oppositions were. Pardon? In Zoom? Oh. Denise needs a microphone. Oh, there's a, bu- there's a button to push up. There we go. I got it. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Janine Lee, yeah. Vanessa yeah. Lowry. Connie Sims, Liz Botner, and was there one more? Patch. Yes. So I thought he was four. All right. So let's go quickly through them one by one. So please, one name, and then tell me: Are you still speaking in opposition? Janine Lee. Yes, ma'am. I am still speaking opposed. Okay. Very good. Okay. And next, Vanessa Lowry. Still speaking opposed. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Connie Sims. I'm speaking for. Okay, so Connie drops off this list. Liz Botner. I am also speaking for. Okay, Liz drops off this list. Patrick Sheehan. Patrick Sheehan speaking for. All right, I have two people who are speaking against the resolution. Are there any other individuals who would like to speak against the resolution? Do I have any hands in Zoom or in the audience? to speak against the resolution. Okay, people are standing around the microphones. It, it, you need to, if you wish to, to be recognized, you will need to raise your hand to vote, if you, well, to be recognized to speak against. Otherwise, I'm gonna take the two. No hands, are there any hands in Zoom, Chanel? We have people who raised their hands originally to speak for, but no, right, no but no new hands. Okay, no thank you. Hands. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. Right, it gets confusing. I don't want to mess anybody over. All right, of the so I'm going to have. We have two people who are speaking in opposition, and we will have three people who are speaking for. Those will be Michael Byington and who are the first two of the people speaking for the originals or the ones that added. No, the originals. Lori Scharf mm-hmm. and Don Horn. All right. So it will be Michael, Lori, and Don who will be speaking in favor. And it will be Janine and Vanessa. 
oh, I'm doing pretty well here. Who will speak in opposition? I think we've got this. All right. So we may be, we will begin with Michael and uh, we may begin the time. Ladies and gentlemen, I will certainly not act uh, less than disappointed that the amendment uh, passed because I felt the resolution was stronger without it. However, I do want to say that half a load is better than no load at all. We are in a situation where now, and this has been a change over the years, ACB does its resolutions, debating process, circulating drafts, and all kinds of things out there very much in public. Believe me, ACVREP is profoundly aware that we are talking about this stuff. If Mm -hmm. we wimp out now and don't pass any kind of a resolution, ACB looks like an organization going away with its tail between its legs. We don't want to do that. We want to take a position, and even if our position is not affirmed by ACVREP, we need to be on record as to where we stand on this issue. I don't consider this to be a great resolution anymore, but I consider it to be a good enough one that we need to pass it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. Excellent. All right, Janine Lee. Janine, you need to unmute, please. Janine is speaking in opposition. We do have Vanessa. All right, let's have Vanessa go. Okay, can everyone hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, My concerns about the current resolution are that uh, the other organization, the Alphabet Soup, which I'm not going to try to repeat because I'd get it wrong, Uh uh, they're just going to look at the letter and say, oh, well, whatever, and off into the trash can it goes, and they'll just continue on their merry way uh, and do whatever they intend to do, whereas the original language asked uh, the the other organization the uh, to cease and desist period stop any forward movement until we have an opportunity to consult with them as stakeholders I don't have a problem with OTs becoming certified in specific areas I do have a problem with an organization going forward with it and saying we're going to do what we want to do and the only thing that we have to tell them that we're opposed to it is, is just a letter. Um, cease and desist has more bite, and that's why right now I'm opposed to the amendment as it stands, or, or the resolution mm-hmm. as it stands. All right. Thank you so very much. Uh, let's see. Who was our next? Uh, Lori. 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 Thank you. I would just like to say, uh, somebody who was on the committee who was working on this resolution from the beginning, We need to show ACVREP that the dirty games they're playing with the potential future of people who are blind or low vision are not acceptable. We need to know, we need to let them know we are watching and we have a voice. Not allowing people to be certified in key areas of non-visual techniques of teaching people who are blind or low vision is not acceptable. We need 
to stand united and say, we will not let professionals, in quotes, make decisions for people who are blind or low vision. We don't accept people in an organization making decisions for professionals without consulting those professionals, which is exactly what was done by ACVREP. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Janine, are you prepared yeah. to speak? Yes, ma'am. I apologize. I got notifications. I couldn't get it off. <laughs> it's okay. I was trying. Um, my staying minute. So uh, now I'm going after Lori. I went, uh, Michael would have been better, but okay. So here's, <laughs> here's yeah. the thing. Um, I... I think we need to do something. I agree. And I, I agree with your the pros of holding people accountable. At this point, I think we should vote no on this resolution and rewrite one or let the executive board um, and our executive director write the letter anyway. We don't need a resolution for them to write a letter. You guys can write letters and make decisions. I think this this resolution, we have debated it and gone over and over and over, and the language now is kind of like, I know that Michael said half is better than nothing. That, that's true, but we need to be stronger, and we need it to be very adamant, you know? So I think we should just go back to the drawing board, and things take time. So rework this and remake it better because at this point there's so many people confused and they don't even know what they're voting for so i think we should vote no and rework on it and debbie's done a great job i just wanted to say that so i'm done thank you thanks janine okay and let's see we had one more person in favor and i forgot don horn don horn i'm so sorry don all right on zoom Don, you may unmute. Okay, Don is still staying muted. All right. So, um, yeah, it's it's always hard to know whether somebody's having a little difficulty or whether they have now decided to decline. So, if you can unmute and even tell us that, Don, that would be really helpful. I will. I will wait a moment for you to um, to try to catch up with us here. I'm so sorry. There you got it. We got you. All right. Okay. Um, I think there are three things to consider here. One is that we really cannot go back and wait because ACVRPP, they have a calendar that they're working on. So they're not going to go back and wait. They've already established dates and time frames. (laughs) Number two we as the blind community should always have a voice in these kinds of decisions. And number three, let me tell you why this is so important. What's being proposed, and I understand why it's being proposed, it's being proposed because there's an awful shortage of VRTs and mobility instructors. But here's the equivalent of what's being proposed. Let's say I have some orthopedic disabilities, which I I happen to have. Let's say that I went to my podiatrist next week to have my toenails cut. 
And the podiatrist and I got into a conversation about some of my orthopedic problems, because after all, he's cutting my toenails and the orthopedist deals with my legs. And the podiatrist said to me, you know, I took a couple of courses that are similar to the courses that your orthopedist took. So if you can't find an orthopedist, or you don't want to pay for an orthopedist, come to me and I'll do what the orthopedist did. If you think of it that way, I don't think anybody would agree to that without an awful lot of discussion and clarification. And I don't think any patient would agree to have all of that discussion done without consumer involvement. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, that concludes the the debate. And by the way, we're doing a really good job, guys, managing all the people in the room and the people in the Zoom and all of the rest of it. So thank you all so much for your courtesy to each other and the process. Okay, now, so that means that the... um, uh, we we have we need basically a do we need a motion I guess now for the because normally the the, the huh yeah, we the resolutions committee recommended to do pass on the original resolution so the amended resolution should still be in that same place is that correct. Just a moment. Just a moment. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, if if every is everyone willing to close debate so that we can move to the vote? Yes. Okay. And if there is anyone in Zoom who is not willing to close the debate, you may raise your hand. We didn't have any more debaters, so there is you know no reason to continue the debate. All right. Um, So then I would like to move to the vote. How we will handle the vote is that we will begin with the hand raising of hands vote. When you raise your hand, whether you raise it in Zoom or you, first of all, let's make sure all the hands in Zoom are down. All hands are down. Thank you. And let's make sure all the hands in the room are down. I think you guys have pretty good control of this, but it seemed to need to remind some folks. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 Yes. We're going to do actual counts. We're going to do the room first, and then we're going to do Zoom. So, all of you who are in fa- in the room, all of you who are in favor of passing the resolution as amended. You may raise your hand and keep it up. You can use your other hand to help it stay up if it's too hard. Or we'll have some exercise classes to help you. But keep it up until our counters tell you that you can put it down. And it will be a few minutes. And it's not time for raised hands. Not time yet in Zoom. Please lower your hands. Yeah. Or I'll lower them, actually. Uh, Yeah. We'll, we'll take Zoom separately because they can really only count one group at a time anyway. So they will count the room. Please keep your hand up in the physical room. If you're in this room with me, this is the physical room. 
Just, just, just got to make sure we all know where we are here. And the, the people in Zoom, you are in Zoom, right? Yeah. And so you wait just a moment. And all the people will be taking a stretch with those hands up. And the other people will get to put theirs up in a minute. And they are taking the count. The count is being taken by Nancy Becker, our election supervisor, and by our parliamentarian, Denise Erminger. And they will compare their notes of how many hands they have counted. And because we really got most of this done uh, in Zoom during our first week, this is probably the only time we're going to do this. So enjoy. Yeah, I think it's the only time we get to live this dream this week. Probably. Oh, you, you too late. You needed to do that during the debate. Don't put up two hands, only one. If you're using one to hold the other arm up, make sure it's lower. I know all the tricks people have, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Leslie will provide some coaching about how to hold your arm up. Yeah, she's going to teach us the difference between our biceps and our triceps. The triceps are the back of the arm. Keep your arm up if you're voting, yes. Keep your arm down if you're waiting to vote, no. You guys are so good. You've all established which part is the arm. Any questions about which part is your arm? You know, I know I used to teach preschoolers in in Sunday school, and some of them weren't sure. When I said we were all going to raise our arms, various things happened. <laughs> okay, Deb. Yeah, got a number? You're good? Got a number. All right. Uh, you may lower your hands if you are in the room. All right. Let's see. Did we do then the against in the room? Okay, so then now if you are in the room and you wish to vote in opposition to the amended resolution... Um, please raise your hand. And since you witnessed how the other people did it, uh, you've had training now, and you should be able to do it too. Yeah. Again, please leave your hands keep, down in Zoom. Keep, we will come yeah, to that. We'll later. get to you. I promise we will do it. Yes, so basically, if you are wishing to vote no on the resolution as amended, then you may raise your hand, making sure to keep your biceps and triceps lined up carefully, and which part is the hand. Mm Mm-hmm. 
We are done. All right, thank you. You may lower your hands. I know it takes a long time to lower your hands in the room. (laughs) We'll wait for that to happen. (laughs) Are we settled in the room? (laughs) Okay, thank you. All right, in Zoom, if you wish to vote in favor of the resolution, show them how it's done by raising your Zoom hand, please. And remember, Zoom will get a little excited about this. And don't worry if your device tells you you, that it's lowered your hand. It probably has not. So please raise your hands in Zoom. If you wish to vote in favor of the resolution, all of the information about biceps and triceps does not apply to you. It's, It's only a finger exercise for most of you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dan says, which finger depends on how you're voting. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. But right now we are taking those in Zoom who wish to vote in favor of the resolution as amended. And they are working on this. Yeah. There, are you settled? We are settled in Zoom. All right. So, uh, Nancy, you'll lower any panelist hands. We don't have a lot of panelists. Um, And uh, uh, Chanel will lower the other hands. I can get the panelists if I... Okay, yeah. She doesn't have... Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of panelists going on there. Actually, there's the lower all hands. Yeah. I didn't think it would get the panelists, though. It does. Okay. Good deal. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. Let us know when they're down in Zoom. Are they ready? No. All hands are lowered. Okay, thank you. All right, those in Zoom who wish to vote, wait wait a minute, get your hand down. So wait till Deb gets done with asking. I want to say my thing, and you just messed me up. Now we're making it take longer. We'll let them do it next year, huh? Yeah, yeah, they can do this next year. All right, are, are we ready? Are they down? All hands are lowered. All right. So all of those in Zoom who wish to vote in opposition to the resolution as amended, please raise your Zoom hand. All right. Let's get that going. And please keep them up. Don't touch them. I know Zoom may tell you it's doing things, but it's probably not really. So it's okay. And again, the information about the biceps and triceps is not applicable, but we could talk about the parts of the finger, I guess. I broke one of mine when we were at the leadership conference, so I'm kind of sensitive about fingers right now. Yeah. Yeah. They are working on this. Thank you very much to our voting crew. We have settled. All right. Very good. We will lower the hands in Zoom. And when you are ready, you may report the count to us. The total count is 218 for 30 against. There are 160 people in Zoom. And Denise Ermenger and I are not going to count the total in the room, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Thank you very much. All right. So the um, the uh, motion has passed, or the resolution has passed the um, voice vote, or hand vote, whatever it is we're doing here. Um, and because there are more than 25 people uh, who have asked, or who have voted no, if any of those 25 people wish to request a record vote on the resolution, they may raise their hands now. We'll start with the room. If you wish to request a record vote, that record vote, if it is requested, will happen on Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday for the individual vote and Thursday for the affiliate delegate vote with the other resolutions and the Constitution and bylaw amendments for which a record vote has already been requested. So we won't be voting tomorrow or any of that sort of thing. Yeah, it's an individual vote and an affiliate vote that would be on Wednesday. But that's what you're requ- if you are raising your hands now in the audience, that is what you are requesting. If you voted no, huh? yeah, only if you voted no on the resolution. So if you voted yes, you can't request a record vote. And this is only in the room. In the room only. We'll do one at a time again. Okay. The room is settled. All right. Lower your hands in the room. If you are in Zoom and you wish to request a record vote, please raise your hand. We are settled. All right. Um, You can lower the hands in Zoom, please. And uh, you can report the total, Nancy, please. Eleven. All right. That is not enough. Ah, that is not enough to request a record vote on the resolution. So it will not go in the pile for our Wednesday-Thursday vote process. So we will not be voting again at all. Uh, that I can think of (laughs) or come up with until we vote on Wednesday. On Wednesday, you will receive um, information uh, for those uh, votes, uh, for those resolutions and Constitution and bylaws amendments. We will be sending them out again uh, as soon as we can get them routed out again. And then on Wednesday, just like we did yesterday, you will, in the afternoon, be invited to cast your individual vote. The items will all be listed on the ballot. They will not be in their entirety because we can't do that. Um, We can't make that work for the phone in particular, and it just makes a hugely long ballot. So you will need to figure out how you wish to vote for your record vote, uh, individual vote on the various items, which will be those resolutions, um, and the Constitution and Bylaw Amendments. And then on Thursday morning, your delegates and alternates w- will report out that entire uh, ballot 
so they will be responding for your affiliate on behalf of each item. So, um, you know, we'll we'll provide as much help as we can to kind of because it's different, but that's the way that will work. I believe we have finished all of the business that we have for today. So, yes, question. Announcements and door prizes. Yes. Madam President. Yes. Come to a mic. Point of order. Point of order. Um, I need to know who it is. Uh, this is Peter Heidi again from yep. Wisconsin. P- Peter, you need to get closer to the mic. I'm trying to. <laughs> it's it's short. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Oh, now I got there. Um, All right. Just just okay. for information that mm-hmm. I was confused in this process because although a substitute um, resolution uh, or amendment can be brought, that that once the substitute uh, amendment has been brought forward and voted on, it's usually considered then as a substitute uh, resolution. And that leaving it as amendment that I continued to wait for language that incorporated both the language of the initial resolution with the... That's what we read. But I didn't find the original language in the amended resolution. It's not there anymore. That's what I'm saying. The whereases are the original whereases, and the resolves were replaced. I understand that. But that that since it was not brought forward as a substitute resolution, I was still looking for the amendment to incorporate the language of the original resolution. And I believe that Robert's rule is is in favor of that. It it has no bearing on on the result. Right. I understand your question. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Just a second. We're We're having a consult with a parliamentarian. Right, 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 right. So once once the amendment was adopted, I'm losing the microphone. What happened to it? Once the amendment was adopted, then that became the pending resolution, right? Which that, we voted on. But it was a substitute resolution. Should it have been called no. a substitute? No, it she says it should not have been it. called a substitute yeah. resolution. Then where's the language from the original resolution incorporated? The original, um, the original resolve clauses went away when the yeah. amendment passed. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, now, let's. Uh, do we have any announcements? Yes, Madam Chair, yes, ma'am. Hold on. One, who, one at a time. Who? Carla, is that Carla? Yes. Carla. Thank you. I wanted to remind everyone that tonight... At 7.15 in Nirvana, that the ACB families is holding a bingo. There will be lots of prizes, lots of fun, lots of chance to mingle with your friends. And we will um, have, of course, Braille and large print boards. If you have a ticket, that's great. If you don't have a ticket yet, there's no problem. It's $10 at the door. And we sure look forward to having all of you there. Thank you. Madam, Madam Chair. Yeah. Madam Chair, I have an announcement. Yes, announcement. Chris Prentice from Texas, and our chapter is happy to donate $250 to the 
ACB general fund Woo. and two hundred fifty dollars for five raffle tickets. Woo. All right. All right. Madam Chair. Madam yeah, President. Yes. Well done. Was that Patty? Yes. Patty? <clears throat> um, CCLBI is selling tickets, $10 a piece. The winners will receive either $500, $100, or $90 worth of tastefully simple products. You can see Debbie, myself, or anyone from CCLBI. Okay. Thank and you. I heard another announcement. Madam President. Ma- well, this is Donna Seliger. Donna? I am knitting uh, scrubbies to wash dishes with. Ah. Uh, they, are, they sell for $3, and I'm doing a fundraiser for the Nevada Council of the Blind. Mm. If you are interested in seeing them or talking to me about them, my room number is 1039. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah, that's very nice. Those are nice. Very nice. Okay. Madam President. Yes. Terry. Terry. Um, Thank you for doing a great job. Just have an announcement to say from ACB Diabetics in Action. Uh, First place, Sugar Warriors, over $8,000. Oh, did I say that out loud? Um, Wanted to say happy birthday to one of our members that are here at the convention. Melissa Lukes, if you see her, please wish her a big happy birthday. And on that sense, if there's anybody here that's having a birthday on July 3rd, let's hear a big round of applause. Yay. Happy birthday, everybody. All right. Madam Chair. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Sorry. All right. That's okay. Sorry about that. Uh, this is Marsha Farah from GCB. And the Georgia Council of the Blind is selling what is called cow patty bingo tickets. And the yes. cow decides the winner. So in September, we will have an arena set up with a large bingo card. And the cow decides who wins by doing its thing. So if you want to if you want to buy a ticket and have an all-natural support of GCB, uh, you can see Marsha, Alice, Betsy, oh. Cecily. So thank oh, you. That's maybe the most creative one ever. Are there any? Any others? I have. Yes, a, Madam President. Yes, go ahead. I would like to let everyone know that after the amazing Friends in Art in association with BPI showcase, the room will stay open for open mic. Everyone who's already submitted, we have you down. But if you have brought your own track, or you have poetry, or some other form, magic tricks, bird calling. Uh, please see us at the beginning of the event so you can be placed on the roster. It is tonight from 10 to 12, uh, right after the Friends in Art Showcase. And we look forward to all the talent in ACB tonight. All right. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Yes. Okay. A- any additional ones? Hearing none, I have a couple. So I want to remind you to go by the MMS booth in the exhibit hall and sign up for MMS or sign up to increase your MMS involvement because there are prizes involved, but because you love ACB. So those would both be good reasons to do that. Yes? I thought someone was asking for the mic, but they didn't. So I'm going to... They're, They're needed now. Yeah. Hello? Okay. 
Um, the other thing that I want to remind you of is that there are a few Braille raffle tickets, even though Chris just took some. Uh, but there are still a few left, and um, I would recommend that you move on that really quickly. Uh, remember that you can divide your Braille Forum raffle ticket among several people or your chapter or whatever and uh, make that easier to purchase, but then you'll probably have to share the prize, too, if you win. But maybe you can work that out. See the attorneys if you need help negotiating how to work that out. They'll, for a fee, for a fundraiser, for their affiliate, they'll help you work it out. Let's have some door prizes, and then we will be able to get on out into recess. Okay, I have three. Mm-hmm. $25 from Illinois Council of the Blind, ICB. And the winner is Nicole Curley. All right. Ah, excellent. And the second is two packages of burger cookies mm-hmm. from the Maryland uh, Council of the Blind. Mm-hmm. And the winner is Belinda Collins. Oh, very nice. Yeah, all right. And the last one mm-hmm. is a $50 uh, $50 from ACB of Minnesota, oh. and the winner is a, a virtual participant, Steve Dresser. All right. Excellent. Well, congratulations to our door prize winners. And Thank you, everyone. Yes? Uh, Sam, I'm done. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for a great morning. We will have all the programs this afternoon and this evening, and we will be back here again in the morning at 8.30. We are in recess. A logo, ACB, in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together.